This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. One, two, one, two. Yeah, mic check, one, two, one, two. Uh-huh. Uh, th- oh, there we- there's the level I was You got the levels? For. Yeah. All right, you want to start off with your shit? Oh, shit. Uh, pardon my <laughs> pardon my cancellation. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, shit. That's how we start off. Hey, man. Nah, we we starting off prepared. Y'all gonna get it. Y'all gonna get it. Let me pull mine up right now while Jay pulling his up. We got various soundtracks for this episode right now, nigga. How do you forgive your mama is your father? It's worth a thousand times more than the blood of a mom. Lena, wait. We fell through the storm. Nooses on our necks and a smallpox blanket. Oh, man. African-American terrorist. That nigga Jay texted me earlier and said, Lena Waithe is a terrorist <laughs> and she must be stopped. Hold up. Hold up. The soundtrack continues. We not done. <laughs> we not done. We in here today, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We woke. I'm working on I'm upset. 50,000 on my head is disrespect. So offended that I had to double check I'ma always take the money over sex That's why they need me out the way what you expect I'm upset Got a lot of blood and it's cold I love that part coming They keep trying to get me for my soul Uh-oh Thankful for the women that I know What? Can't go 50-50 with no hope Woo! Hey man, we upset, dog. I'm upset. Rightfully so. Oh, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. I thought I paused it. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 105 of This Week in Culture. I'm your host, Ant Wood, aka Trinidad, and aka the comment curator, aka Mr. Don't Cancel Me. And I got my other dog with me, my twin, Mr. Don't Cancel. Jay, what up, though? Yo, what up, though? It's Jay Johnson, one half of everything, aka. Uh, pardon my cancellation. Hey, man. And this week in culture, we review episode two of season three of The Shy on Showtime. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Shy The Shy, Shy is back. I don't think it has nothing to do with Chicago no more. No, Outside I'm of every time. S-H-Y. <laughs> <laughs> when the strap came out. I mean. Oh, no, no When shyness. the strap come out. <laughs> don't give me <laughs> Hey oh, man, uh, welcome back Thank you to all the listeners, all the supporters Everybody that rock with us Who uh, The comments, again, if you're not following the thread right now Go to my page on Facebook That's Anthony Bernard Wooden Jr. Go follow This Week in Culture Go join the conversation I would never put that many names on, on the internet yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. never tell you guys. <laughs> yeah. No, they they know. They know. They know where I'm at. They know where to follow me, man. Go follow this week in culture on all socials. I've been active on Twitter, nigga. What they know? What they know about Ant tweeting for a whole day. That's how upset I am that a nigga that never tweeted or had a Twitter. Hold up, nigga. Hold up. Because they must think it's a game, dog. Oh, this man. is a fucking problem. I mean, because I'm upset. You know how I fucking... <laughs> Run this shit back. You know how you got a feel to have me tweeting? I ain't never had a Twitter since 05. Since Twitter came out, I've never been on there. 
I've been on there all damn day. Uh, uh, uh. I'm upset. Woo! 50,000 on my head is disrespect. Yes. So offended that I had to double check. Showtime 10 p.m. is disrespect. So offended that I had to double check I was watching the show or the shy and not power. I didn't watch this shit twice. I had to make sure I was watching the shy and not power. Because this felt like season four, five, and six of power, nigga. I feel like we're going in that direction, man. We're going to get into it. We got a lot going on in the culture, but obviously the shy is the thing to fucking talk about. Before we get into that, again, go follow us on the socials. Um, quick rest in peace, Brianna Taylor, Elijah McCain, the young dog in Aurora, Colorado that got killed. Did you see the clip of the, the prosecutor talking to Chris Cuomo on CNN? I did not. Dog. The prosecutor, he asked him straight up, like, yo, all this evidence, like, why wouldn't you bring charges? That nigga said, well, Mr. McClain didn't have any injuries. Chris Cuomo said he died. That's the injury, nigga. <laughs> like, what you mean? He said, he said he had no injuries. He said, oh, well, he had an existing heart condition, and that's what caused him to die because he wasn't getting enough air uh, during the arrest. But we didn't bring charges because there were no injuries. Nothing was wrong with him. He just... His, his heart failed, and Chris Cuomo said, but he died. So don't sit here and tell me he ain't had no... In the nigga died, dog. He wasn't doing that. And it's, it's corrupt, dog. That whole shit is corrupt. The fact that that happened a year ago, and it's just now gaining traction, dog. Uh, you see young dog, 18-year-old, um, out in California, got shot and killed yep. by yep. the police yep. while he was at work as yep. a security guard. Yep. The Hispanic or Latino cat yeah man rest in peace to him 18 years yeah, old dog. you saw the the mother who got tasered and lost her baby no they tased they literally was on her chest tasing her dog like direct like and she ended up losing her baby man do they not rock wrestling dog because it's like once you got somebody down one two three like you you won it's, it's over dog like i don't get the aggression man but um rest i don't in understand peace. that when police have you yeah down why they won't stop pinned why do they still think it's, that it's you... It's over. Like, the, the level of aggression that it takes to pin me or to uh, secure my arms behind, whatever it is, once you have me, like, I'm had, nigga. You, like you said, one, two, three, you won, dog. It's over, man. So I don't get it. But rest in peace, Breonna Taylor. Um, rest in peace to the two young men who got killed in uh, Louisville, Kentucky at a Breonna Taylor protest. They had a, a racist come-through shooting. Well, I found out. I I, I was looking at that. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was a Hispanic dude mm. who got arrested back to back mm. two times. Uh, he was a protester. Wow. He got arrested for protesting back to back, then came back out and started busting in the crowd uh, discrimin indiscriminately. Yeah. And luckily, some folks in the crowd started busting back yeah. and shot him. And um, they was able to detain they him. Took from him. There, yeah, yeah I, I saw that shit. They they were first. It was reported like, "Yo, white man starts." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was a he was not white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's and, the um, thing, man. Like, just because somebody is brown doesn't mean they're an ally, nigga. Like, you can be. That's why I hated that whole thing we was talking about last week with uh that B I P O C acronym like people of color ain't necessarily allies of black people dog like you had to do it a few weeks ago in texas hispanic dude run around on the protesters with the chainsaw did you see that nigga yeah i think this nigga was crazy though yeah he could like, i mean multiple arrests in a short time came back busting like you said indiscriminately bullet ain't got no name he was just shooting in the crowd like 
It sounded like he had probably lost his mind, dog. But uh, like I wonder where he. Anyway, it don't matter. Hey, man, rest in peace to the two young men that died. Um, ironically, both of the men that died uh were were white, and they mm. were both. They said um on both of their socials, one of them specifically is a photographer and had been taking like pictures the entire time since Breonna Taylor's death um, of the marches of the protests. And they were like, both of them were like really, really vocal allies and, and advocates of black lives matter, man. So well, I was, uh, I was up early this morning and yeah. I was down the Twitter rabbit hole and yeah, it's a lot of conspiracies out there. Hey man, it's, it's going to be that on Twitter, man. Again, I'm on Twitter, man. Hey, go follow us at this week in culture on Twitter. If, Anybody talking nine times out of ten is going to be me. Every now and again, it might be Jay, but Jay is on there, Jay Johnson 313 as well. So make sure you follow them both of the dogs. Um, and again, rest in peace, Brianna Taylor. Speaking of which, it was a, it was an update I saw. Let me go find out what happened with Brianna. So, you know, I was looking, I was doing some research inside of this case and shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the guy that they was looking for is her ex-boyfriend who was using her address to send drugs through the mail. Wow, did not know that. That's why they was like... So that's why they were at her crib, but he ain't lit her. Right. He had broke over her like in the past, so they weren't together. She had a whole new nigga. Wow. Um, But he was using her address as, you know, I guess he was selling drugs to the mail, and that was, he was using that as the quote-unquote from address. Wow. When he went to, you know, deliver packages. So like, it made more sense. Yeah. Because I was presenting, was like, yo, they went to the wrong address, as in like, I walked to the wrong house. Yeah, like like the story I gave on here, where they just came to my crib, and it was the wrong address. Yeah, But yeah, yeah, it was, though was the wrong address, it was different. Yeah. So I, I was really trying to find out who got the order for the warrant. Yeah. And I couldn't find that yet. I'm still trying to find out who petitioned for the warrant. Because I, I I was reading something. I think one of the people who was there yeah. actually put in for a warrant. And if that's the case, it's arrest our killers. Oh, facts. And I'm trying to find out who gave the order. Because yeah. whoever gave the order is responsible. And that's, I mean, I know you've you've been uh, researching this for, since we started talking about it, you've been looking into it. So I know you've heard about all the different conspiracies around that and the things that have been hidden yeah. and, and tucked away. Like they and, try to, they, yeah, I, we talked on this pod a couple weeks ago about the police report that came out that literally said there were no injuries and a whole woman got killed. Dude got A dude got fired. Yeah. He yeah. shot 10 times while he yeah. was in there. He got fired for shooting. So his attorney um, uh came out today the officer that got fired the only officer that got fired by the way and the only one to receive any real discipline um even though he needs to be arrested i wonder if he's the one he's the only one that shot it could be his attorney came out and they're actually lobbying for him to get his job back his attorney said it was unfair it was premature and it was unjust to fire him fam i want to know who shot first yeah was it them or was it her her dude and in in any way so like if dude shot first the her her boyfriend shot first I'm okay with that because y'all was in his house and he didn't know yeah, y'all was supposed to yeah. be there. Um, but if he did shoot first and you the police officer who returned fire, eh, I, I don't, you know. But then it's also, again, I don't, I don't know how they crib was set up, but how do shots returned at him end up in their bedroom while she sleep? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's it's a it's a slippery slope to walk down, man, not knowing everything and with the police hiding shit in an effort to try to, uh, to try to cover stuff up, man. So rest in peace, Breonna Taylor. Fuck all her uh, killers, fuck the Louisville Police Department, fuck the chief, fuck everybody involved in this cover-up, man. They some whole-ass niggas. Rest in peace, Ahmaud Arbery. Um, don't forget about that case. I And I say that only because 
I think that the more people hear that, yo, that case is moving forward and the, the DA is coming out and charged them with murder and then uh, the grand jury said that the charges were correct and all this shit, I think people are feeling like, oh, well, that's a done deal, nigga. Them three going to jail. Don't get comfortable, dog. Like, that's, that's what I want to make sure that we don't get comfortable because what I've noticed is, oh, when that was a... He was jogging and he got killed, but then it came out that he might have broken into this home and they might have been trying to find da, 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 da. It was top news story, right? But then once it looks like mm, these white people fucked up and they committed a murder, now it ain't in the news no more. Now you got to live in fucking Georgia to hear about it, dog. So keep looking up that story. Keep marching for uh, Ahmad Arbery as well and make sure we keep the foot on their necks till the men go to prison. Um, rest in peace, George Floyd. Same deal. That ain't over. Just because them officers got arrested, like they still got to go through a whole trial, man. And uh, we want to make sure that even with a couple officers coming out saying they'll, they'll cooperate and, and do all of that, we just want to make sure that we see some real fucking sentences here. Rest in peace to them. And again, big rest in peace to Elijah McCain. Man, that story broke my fucking heart, dog. Yeah, just I'll fuck Aurora, Colorado, too, and they whole police department, man. What else I got going? Did you watch the BET Awards? No. Yeah, I did not tune in for a minute. I did read good things, though. Um, And given that it was all handled digitally, I'm sure it won't be too difficult to find somewhere. It aired on BET and CBS, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know why that it came on CBS. Um, because, like, I got rid of cable again. Yeah. So I definitely wasn't watching it. Yeah. Because uh, I realized that I don't watch shit, but... um. Now HBO and Showtime, and yeah. I got HBO Max for free. Yeah, uh, I do pay for Showtime though. But I was like, why am I fucking paying a month? I'm not watching this regular shit. Yeah, I watch YouTube more than I watch anything. Yeah, man. Uh, but if it was on CBS, I could have watched yeah. it on regular TV. I I didn't know until uh, last night that it was also on CBS. I knew it was on BET, but I didn't even know it was airing until last night. I was just kind of off and out of the loop on that. I've been on some real uh, Black Lives Matter shit on the internet. So I've stayed away from a lot of the platforms that might have showed me. Heard they BT. fucked up the Kobe tribute. Um, so I didn't hear that they fucked up the Kobe part of it. I did hear that they fucked up one of the other members in the memoriam. Uh, who the fuck? That is not <laughs> Nipsey Hussle, bro. Um, Willie Brown, who passed. He's a former NFL player. He passed. He was like seventy-eight. They posted. Willie Brown, who used to be the mayor of San Francisco, yeah, who's still alive and like kicking and was probably healthy at home and heard like he was in the memoriam. What intern did this? Yeah, dog. you're not so, getting a job. And and they said that for the re-air, they fixed it. But I'm just like, I guess that works when you do something digitally. Like, cause either way, everything y'all was doing was uploading, right? So if y'all had it fucked up on the initial thing, I guess yeah, when you go back, y'all don't have to do this shit live then. Also true. Also true. Not sure how they didn't realize that was the wrong Willie Brown, but uh, I ain't hear about the Kobe thing. Did you hear they fucked up Kobe? Well, um, for just a memorial. There was like I was expecting mm. uh, BT to do a better job. Yeah. But they yeah. never. No, they said BT always do a horrible job with tributes. Yeah. I thought Kobe would be different. It mm. was not. <laughs> Got you. And I heard that um in the because they said it was a lot of people uh, in the memorial part of it. And they said that Kobe was last. Like, they showed him last. So maybe that's why, like, it got to Kobe and then went off. Maybe that was the issue. I don't know. But I didn't watch it. Heard good things. Uh, salute to BT. I heard the, BT, I heard the BT Awards was coming on via text five minutes before it came on. 
Did I did I not am I not in the right place to see advertisements for? Yeah, I, and again, I've been on some all Black Lives Matter shit. So if I haven't seen it on my socials, I'm wondering why BET wouldn't pop up in all my Black Lives Matter research that I've been doing on the socials, dog. Like it's BET. Speaking of that, I wanted to ask you a question about black networks, bro. Why don't we have any for real? Like that are strictly black. And I, I say that because while I was on Twitter, I saw someone post. There's no reason. They were like, fuck BT. BT is white owned. They owned by Viacom. They don't give a fuck about black shit. But they was like, there's no reason that someone hasn't started another network in the same vein of old BT or telenovela uh, Univision, all the Latino or Latin American networks that exist out there that show nothing but Latin original program, Latin news, Latin talk shows, Latin, like everything. Like y'all focus on that and we don't have a black network. Why is that? Um Brian Allen owns like fourteen of them bitches. Mm. I don't think they just popular. Um yeah. like it's I think it's some. Uh but I don't I just don't think they popular. Yeah. And I mean, in real life, will we watch that shit? And that's my thing, dog. Like it's kind of weird because when I thought when that person on Twitter started bringing up uh, telenovela and Univision and all the uh, Hispanic networks that exist out there, that's all they show. I was like, they have such a a love for their culture because a lot of them have such a fucking knowledge of their culture. Or them the only two channels. I've, I've Also, yeah, but I'm like, with us, we always had BET. And once BET became what BET is now and they stopped showing, like, you know, what was the Donnie Simpson show and the fucking show with Rachel? But and see, the, all that shit was based around music. Like, what about regular shit? But we even had that. We had, uh, they used to have a talk show on that bitch. I can't think of the name. They had the show about the college or the young kids that came on with Amanda. Yeah. Once, so it was like, we, they stopped developing and became a music channel. And it was about black music. And then it went from being about black music to now it's just on. Well, B, I mean, but BT initially was music, though. Man, um, man. But like. They had other shit. That's what I'm saying. They stopped developing the other shit. Because they used to have a news show. Used to have all that shit. Right. And it was just like they went away from it. And now it just doesn't look like under Univision. Or I'm sorry, under uh, Viacom. That that's ever going to happen again. And it's like, all right, well, do we need to start another network? And if so. I or mean, develop one of the ones that exists. Like I mean, at this point, man, hey. with everybody being able to put out their own content, it'd definitely be difficult. Put that shit on the internet, dog. Yeah. That shit for, I don't even like watch what you need the network for nowadays. Yeah, because like I'm not gonna be ever at home at seven o'clock p.m. to yeah. watch insert channel here. If it's about the content, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Weekly content, man. There's a lot of different avenues for people to put out their content. Yeah. themselves. Um. Dame Dash got his own fucking network. Yeah, he does. He um, does. Where he put out, he got 24-hour programming. Yeah. Um, from cooking shows. It's one of the uh, dudes, Billy Carson, who y'all probably follow him on, um, I forget what his name is on Instagram, but like he dropped, he like, he put a 24-hour content out there. You know what I'm saying? And, and some pretty good content out there too. But like, I just don't know. I, I think TV and networks are pretty much going away to Dodo Bird. Like in, in real life. They definitely could be. Um, you got ABC, NBC, CBS. Uh, you got like your your main three that's staples that people are gonna be ba- ba- baked into for to an extent. Yeah. And then you got your premium networks. Everything else, niggas is getting that shit on demand. Yeah. Or you know, now what I am interested in is um, a, a quote unquote hub 
Like it's so fucking easy for, for like so if Dame Dash himself can develop a network and develop an app and put all, and, and correct content for that, why everybody else can't? Yeah. If Tyler Perry wanted to do a Tyler Perry um, Studios app, yeah, that's available on Roku, Apple TV, and everything like that, and have my own network, it ain't shit but making a fucking app. I got yeah. enough content for it already. And and it's kind of weird too because I know I mentioned this on a pod a while back. Like Tyler Perry is pretty much taking over BET original programming. Um, he has not only his own slate of shows that come on throughout the week on the channel, but on the BET Plus app, that nigga has like five or six original shows and movies currently on their app, and those are the ones that are being promoted. Right, like to the point that I don't even know if it's other stuff on the BET Plus app. But How it's much like the BET Plus cost. I think like five ninety nine or something like that. You wouldn't pay five dollars from Tyler Perry app. So that makes me go back to your question: Why didn't Tyler Perry just do a Tyler Perry app? Like, I, why I, go I through BET? I don't fucking get it. Yeah, and his his shows that come on BET have all been the highest rated shows. Would you on not BET. Buy, Would you not buy a Beyonce app? Anybody would for two dollars or whatever the f- you know what I'm would. saying? Yeah. If she was like, listen. For two dollars a nigga, if she was yeah. like for ninety nine cent a month, yeah. you can. I'm taking my music off of everything, yeah, and you can just pay me ninety nine cent a month. All my music here, all my music videos. At the end of the day, it's twelve fucking dollars, yeah, in, in a year. You would do that shit, and I mean, shit. Essentially, that's what title started out as. It was yo, we strong arming, and now if y'all want to hear this Beyonce, you can either pay this eleven ninety nine for title or get it four weeks after it dropped, nigga. Like, I mean, either way, we Diddy got revoked. Diddy got revolt and nobody watched it. What kind? Of, he got trash programming. Also a fact. Also like what, a fact. What's the what's the program? Thought he was doing something when he picked up Breakfast Club and putting that on in the morning. But niggas ain't really fucking with Breakfast Club no more. Well, niggas still watch it, but even they don't like how they treat they treat that revolt. And, and nigga, uh, the other program because I saw obviously State of the Culture is still on there. Um, Ebony K Williams has a new Drink show Champs coming out on, on there. there. Drink Champs is on there. So it's like they have stuff, but a lot of the stuff they have. I think people were already used to listening to it how they heard it. Like, I listen to Drink Champs on Spotify. By the time it hits Revolt, it's also on YouTube. I was Before it ever was on Revolt, I was used to watching it on YouTube. Yeah. So it's like shifting. It's not front of mind to shift from YouTube to Revolt if it's still available on, anybody, on YouTube. If anybody interested in doing any of this quote-unquote network shit, it's, uh, it's easy. Yeah, man. It's definitely something that... Can be done. I think the uh, advent of the internet and social media and all the different platforms, the streaming platforms that exist, it makes all that shit possible. But if niggas ain't going to do it, then it's no point. We got a visitor in the building. (laughs) Young Jenny. Yeah, I'll put your name on the mic. What up, though? We got mass. You got liquor? I I wasn't even coming in. God damn it. well, yeah. we here. We here. You want to say something on the mic? You want to say hi? hi? Jenny said hi, ladies and gentlemen. She dropped off some surgical masks. I don't watch the shy. I'm sorry. She doesn't watch the shy, so you she can get out. Shit. Yeah, through two episodes, you actually haven't missed much. You want to listen to this episode because we about to get these niggas some bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to this one. <laughs> Even if you don't watch it, you'll because everything that's happening now ain't got shit to do with what happened before. It's it's gone completely left. So have fun with this episode. It'll be up in the morning. Appreciate you. Thank you. Run this one on mute in the background. We need them streams. <laughs> we need them streams. Appreciate these masks, though. What do you that? 
She's oh. saying like put them like right up in the front or whatever so niggas can have them before they come in here with their germs. All them niggas that be at the Del Mar on Sunday clubbing. <laughs> like ain't shit happening out here. Hey, drive safe, my baby. We appreciate you, Jenny. Thank you. Later. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, dog. I feel like people they'll say, Oh, well, where our networks at, where our shit, and it's just like, yo, it's available, dog. Like the the space is available for you to go and do, whether it's online or whether it's to start a network. It's yeah, all this, out here, dog. This shit so you know, you know, got a black uh network. Shout out to my homeboy Barry, uh the uprising.tv on YouTube. Mm. Um, he put out content, all black, all like if a nigga can start his own shit, individual people I know, like, come on, fam. You know what's funny too? I bet your revolt would be would be would be uh would be more profitable. Um, or even more, just watch if it was a, a digital platform. I'll tell you what. I bet you if any one of the non-black, and I say that because BET still exists even though it's owned by Viacom, but if any non-black network came out and like, or network owner came out and publicly said some shit that riled up the movement right now, a la the NFL, for instance, about taking a knee, I bet you a celebrity with some money would come out talking about let's get together and start a network. Same way they was trying to put an NFL team together. And then niggas was like, fuck it, let's start our own league. Well, damn it, one of these niggas call us a nigga real quick so y'all can fucking go start a network, man, and, and do something for real. Put some money behind these What niggas, you watch man. your uh, HBO Max and all that shit on? Eh, phone, computer, or, I mean, you Apple play all that shit anyway to the TV, but. Them niggas, don't, they don't even have to go through a, yeah. a, a provider. Yeah, yeah. Nigga, what if the NFL said we're not putting that shit on television no more? Run this shit through my app. Yeah. The NFL app. Who the fuck? Not That'd be the get- biggest app on earth, nigga. <laughs> like, and it's just, and that's the thing. I feel like some shit we kind of we strategize too much. When w- it's just like WWE has their own app. Yeah. Fucking um, nigga. Uh, what we watch battle rap, nigga. Smack, Smack got, an got app. his own fucking app. Smack got an shit, app. Boxing. Um, what the fuck these niggas called? Uh, What's Diz- that one channel? Danzen. Dzn. Yeah. The zone got his own fucking app. Like every, like you don't need the quote unquote network no yeah. more. Everything is digital anyway. And shit, if your app's successful enough, you'll get both. They'll put it because that's the thing. It ain't nothing like sitting. But I hate watching shit on my phone, my iPad, my computer. I hate it. So it ain't nothing like sitting in front of the TV for me and putting some shit on. But it's like, yo, if I can stream it from the app, awesome. But if I can go to it on the fucking TV, awesome. Either way, it's ways to do this shit. And I just, that tweet talking about all the shit that we're missing. Because like you said, black television, why are we, like, HGTV just got one of their only, I think it's like maybe their fourth all black TV show with a, a host that's like. You know like, how easy it is to do this network shit, though? Hey. Just one person. Get this shit. Get the the rights to all the old black TV shows. Yeah. The what's happenings? The good times. The the every black childhood show that you grew up in, and the cartoons, and run that shit twenty four hours a day. Yeah, man. And that's all it should be. I would watch that shit. And then start from Sanford and Son episode one. You know what's funny? When I was in uh, when I was in Tennessee last year at the cabin um this past fall. I can't remember the name of the channel right now, but it was literally all that aired was Sanford and Son, 227, Girlfriends, uh, the what's the game. Is all that, black shows is aired channel all TV, day. WADL TV 38, is that a black channel? I don't know. Because I don't know. That's I all see they black programming on there. That's all they fucking But play. I don't know if it's a black-owned channel or if they just, I don't know if it's local or regional or it's whatever. Local, I don't know what it is. Yeah, but like, I don't, I don't, they not. yeah. 
I haven't seen anything but black shit on there. They, um, they run two two seven. They yeah. run the Sanford and Son. And they run black BET movie type shits. And and it's funny because you look at some of the shit that's out there. Uh, BET centric was supposed to be that. Every now and again, they might throw an episode of Jamie Foxx show on and and a black movie, and it's like, all right, but then why y'all ain't got like original programs on there too? Own was supposed to be that, but Own ain't even. Own is a. It's the Oprah Winfrey Network, but it's more catered to women than black people. Like, not a race of women. That shit is catered to 50-year-old white women. Man, and it's just like, all right, well, cool. Own didn't do it. BET-centric didn't do it. BET doesn't do it. Revolt, again, Revolt isn't black programming. It's just, it's some, quote, urban shit. And they don't have originals. It's all, and if they do, the originals is trash. But it's all, yo, podcasts that have been successful before. Come film live and be on Revolt. Radio station, that's big. Come be on Revolt. And it's like, yo, nigga, create a cooking show. Create a news show. Cooking show on Dame Dash Network. Man, create a fucking uh, home and garden type show. Like, create something, dog. It don't just got to be fucking reality shows, podcasts, and uh, talk show gossipy type shit, man. Like, make a fucking show, dog. So, we'll see, man. But that was on my mind. I wanted to discuss that shit. What else we got going on in the culture? Want to give a big shout out to a couple of people. First, to Pinky Cole and to Derek Hayes. You might not know their names, but you definitely heard of their restaurant. Derek Hayes is the owner and operator of Big Dave's Cheesesteaks down in Atlanta. Pinky Cole is the owner and operator of Slutty Vegan down in Atlanta. Both of them uh, got together and bought a car for Rayshard Brooks's wife. Um, for her to have for her kids and all that. They bought her a car and then Clark University jumped in there and gave scholarships to uh, the three kids that her and Rayshard Brooks had. So want to shout them out real quick. You see what was going on with Slutty with Vegan? Slutty Vegan, yeah. White people going in there and fucking up the ratings. Yeah, but they said that we're not serving police officers no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she that said that. Issue. Yeah. So her statement was she doesn't think that it's a safe environment knowing that who her customer bases primarily she didn't think that was maybe the best place so she ain't want officers to come in there i think she said i could be wrong in this but what i saw was she said don't come in here in uniform like you could be a cop but we don't want to know you a cop when you come here that's kind of wild it's a wild thing to say it's definitely a wild thing to say but not that i from like, that, that's kind of wild and I, like i and backlash is understandable yeah it's again, that's the same thing I said last week when we were talking about the officers being moved from the fifth floor where Derek Chauvin was coming in in Minnesota to the third floor because he didn't think that minority officers would be able to handle or do their job around Derek Chauvin. So it's the same thing. She was like, mm, I don't think it's safe for these cops to come in here, so don't come in here. And it's like, safe like you, so, so, you can't so say that, you can't determine that. And when is, when have, ain't no, first off, Ain't nobody putting their fucking hands on the police because niggas Man. is pussy in real life. Man. Niggas ain't doing it at the marches where the police is at. Or and they're, they're not doing it when they're. It's they ain't burning their homes. They not. We not doing none of that shit. It's unnecessary. So making that statement was definitely wild. But then in it's response, kind of pandering to your own people. Eh, it, it, I could like, definitely you know, see like, that. Yeah, I know what nobody I know, doing shit to yeah, cops. Like I know in what time it is, but like it, it makes us feel better when you. You know what I'm saying? I've never going to slutty vegan with like tension in mind like when i pull up on slutty vegan i want a vegan ass burger and i'm there to have a good time support a black business owner yeah. i'm not here to scrap with no cops if i see one in the restaurant that ain't my mood and i definitely don't think a cop will walk into that 
Well, they're not walking in anyway. Man. Because, like, I seen the video. Like, them niggas' line was around the block. Yeah, they line stay around the block. And everybody's in six feet. Like, uh, Yeah. So, in response to her statement, uh, people, I won't say white people because it could have been black cops, too, involved in this. But people started going on Yelp and giving her one-star reviews. A ton of them have never been in a restaurant ever. They was just trying to bring that fucking review shit down. In response to that... Black folks and a lot of women got right back on her and started giving her five-star reviews. So I think as of this morning, her Yelp rating is right back up to five stars because it was like however many people got behind to give her a one-star, niggas got behind a five. I'm not for none of this shit. All this shit is used. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. This shit just seemed like... It's it's a lot of shit going on. I seen a meme earlier. I wish I had screenshot that shit. That shit was like, yo, stop killing black people. And it was like... Yo, Starbucks is like, yo, put on a Black Lives Matter shirt. Wait, don't. Wait, let us make it so we can make some money off it. Then put it on. And then it was like, oh, now people giving black people Juneteenth off. And it's like, fam, but what about these black people that police killing? Because that's all we ask for. And at the end of the day, that's why I'm like, don't forget. Keep your foot on their necks about the shit. Make sure them niggas that killed Derek Floyd go to prison. Make sure the Ahmaud Arbery cops or ex-cop goes to prison. Like, make sure all these niggas get reprimanded because getting a street named Black Lives Matter Avenue, it don't stop nothing, dog. And in the midst of all this shit, have you kind of noticed, damn, nigga, every day is still some wild cop-related shit going on with minorities, dog. Like, yes. it ain't stopping just because of the protests. So it's like, until... Nigga, again, look at the Breonna Taylor shit. A nigga shot up a Breonna Taylor protest. Come on, dog. It's wild. Like, come on, dog. Look at what we protesting and you came through shooting, dog. So it's just... And then, I mean, did you see... Hold on, wait. It it gets it gets deeper, nigga. Did you see your boy... Uh, fuck, is this nigga named Rudy Giuliani? You see his tweet? Uh-uh. Your boy Giuliani posted, and this was a real live verified ass tweet. Wake up. Black Lives Matter wants to destroy law enforcement in bail, empty the prisons, including drug dealers as well as users, provide themselves with reparations and a full time government income without the necessity of work. Wake up. That's from Rudy Giuliani, who's also Trump's attorney, if y'all don't know. Facts. But ain't that what we asking for? Uh, <laughs> eh, nah, we asking to stop getting killed. Yeah, that's what we asking. Also, for. they want because um, what what's on? We ain't um, trying to destroy law enforcement though. You know what I'm saying? No, they, we are. They asking for the, the defund and defunding de ain't destroying. It's well, getting in order. Some people want to defund the police, and some people want to disband the police. There's two different things out there. Biden on his on his campaign, they're trying to get rid of the cash bail system. Um, uh, we do want reparations. Run me the run, me, run that check. Uh, we do want non-violent uh, people out of prison. So, like, if you sell drugs, t bring your like everything he said was was technically true. But when yeah. you when like depending on who says it in the context you put it in, that's why we gotta be careful. <laughs> but and we gotta and 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 it's okay if he say that. Their answer should be yes. That's exactly what we want. But like we listened to that and they was like, "Yo, this nigga racist." No, fuck that. What he said is what we want. But and this that ain't what why. Black Lives Matter want. And that's what I want. Black Lives Matter is, nigga, tell a cop stop killing us. Period. That's where all that comes from. All the rest of that shit, black people don't want it since 1901 out this motherfucker. So that's when you got to separate the statement from the organization. Because when you go to the actual organization's website, they got a list of shit on a, on a demand list. Mm -hmm. And what they stand for. 
And it was it's some controversy around that too. Oh, it's gonna be controversy around that shit. But again, if I ain't never seen you say, nigga, wake up, the Ku Klux Klan wants, boom. Then don't say shit about what the Black Lives Matter movement wants, dog. Cause you ain't in it. One. Nigga, we not Antifa or whatever the fuck y'all trying to say all that shit. And nigga, no. Y'all don't have and I be Googling trying to figure out what the fuck Antifa, Antifa is. is cause it's different. Every time somebody and every says time something. I Google the definition, that shit seemed like it's okay. It say like anti-fascism or some shit. Yeah, yeah. I thought fascism was bad. And what shouldn't everybody be anti-fascism? You would think, right? Fasc- like you would think, right? But not the president though. He don't want he wanna say, oh no, them niggas is a hate group, they're a radical group, they're this group, they're that group. Again, same president that just posted a video on his Twitter talking about the great people in whatever fucking state he was who were literally in the video screaming white power. And then after the backlash, he comes out and says, oh, I didn't hear that part. Nigga, that was the only part to hear. It wasn't too much else in there, but them screaming white power and other people saying, fuck white power, fuck you Nazis. Come on, dog. Like, this nigga's so clearly fucking racist, it don't make sense. And it's just, it'll always be niggas who are still like, oh, I love Trump, nigga. And it's just like, y'all niggas is weirdo fucking motherfuckers. Huh, what else going on in the world? Um... Did you peep that No Limit has a documentary coming to BET? Speaking of BET, next month. So let me find the date. No, but I did see the Rough Riders one. Oh, where that's going to be at? On BET. BET? It's a five-part joint, but Rough Riders. That's what I'm interested in. Okay. Uh, BET today announced a five-part docuseries called No Limit Chronicles. Starting July 29th at 9 p.m. It's going to be one a week. It'll feature interviews from Master P, Silk the Shocker, Snoop Dogg, Mia X, Mystical, and more. Um, it'll be a five-part hip-hop docuseries on No Limit Records uh, from the start to what Master P is currently doing now with everything he got going on. That's all under fucking No Limit that y'all niggas ain't really buying like that. Because y'all ain't got no noodles. Y'all ain't bought no syrup. I would love to see that shit expanded up here. It ain't made its way up here yet. But I'm not buying them fuck ass noodles, and I'm not buying that. that I'm not buying. I'm not. I buy them noodles. I ain't seen them motherfuckers. I'm I not, heard they was kind of not great, but I'll buy them motherfuckers. I don't like how Master P and Romeo get a fucking attitude when niggas ask them about sodium. Like I don't like that <laughs> shit. Like, they be mad. Why don't y'all ask that about y'all? Don't ask that about the white motherfuckers. One, we don't know who owned Raymond, and never Raymond. know. Never know. And two, you black. So we don't expect you to give us the same poison. We expect you to do right by your own people, not get off <laughs> just because the white man doing that shit. Get off on your own people, too. I don't respect that shit. I love Master P. Master I don't P's like how fucking him and his son, like, they get a fucking attitude when you start asking about the fucking sodium because that shit poison. Well, if y'all see some Master P noodles for Ant, buy me five, nigga. I want mm-hmm. all the flavors. Um, What else going on in the world? You peep how the states are starting to repause the reopening or pause the reopening? Texas pausing, Florida pausing, Florida closed down the beaches uh, and specifically said, do not come here 4th of July weekend, please. They begging. I know a lot of people in Miami this past weekend, a couple still there today. Um, Florida said, don't bring y'all ass down here next weekend, please. We close. So look, man, this is what I think about all this COVID shit right now. Um. Everybody got to take their own personal responsibility, dog. Mm-hmm. Whether you niggas want to wear masks or where you don't want to wear masks. And we come to a point where now it is up to everybody individually because niggas can't make you wear a mask, right? <clears throat> Though I think you should wear one. Um, everybody know the, at this particular point. You can make it mandatory to enter your store, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But no, the the it can't be a law that yeah. you have to walk around wearing a mask. No. At this particular point. Everybody understands the impacts of COVID. 
Yeah. And if your ass go out there and you don't want to wear a mask and you get sick, man, that's your own fault. Yeah. And I understand the whole, well, what about if you asymptomatic and you take it home to your parents or some shit? Your parents got to understand that shit, too, that anybody coming into your home could possibly give you one, give mm-hmm. you that shit. So individually, inside your home, wear a fucking mask if you want to. Outside, wear a mask if you want to. Social distance if you want to. But this got to be your it's your responsibility at the end yeah. of the day. It's been, we four months in. Facts. Everybody on the fucking planet has heard about COVID. Facts. We understand. Literally the planet. Some niggas may have it. Some niggas may. Somebody may show. Somebody may not show. We understand that somebody can bring home. Fam, everybody has to take their own personal responsibility. Because at this particular moment, I'm tired of fucking, it's about to be a fucking civil war whether yeah. a nigga want to wear a mask or not. Oh, dog. And that, so that was going to be my next thing I said. We'll get to that in a second. But I do want to point out, because it's a lot of niggas out here like, oh, man, that shit don't fuck. Nigga, I've been at the club. I've been in the da-da-da. I've been at the strip club. I'm straight. Cool. You straight. But one of my one of my little niggas, I, I was going to call him my little cousin because he'd been dating my little cousin since they was young. But uh, that nigga got COVID, and he was out here living life and enjoying fucking Atlanta and getting his damn restaurants on and eating on and all that because shit opened up. And that's the thing. I don't always, I don't put the blame on niggas saying, fuck it. I'm going outside because outside open. Because you know what? Outside shouldn't be open. That's the problem. They op- The government opened outside because, nigga, the economy was getting fucked up. And they said, yo, we can't survive. We got to open something. And you can't close outside. Like, in so, permanent. Like, we a free so society. They, so they opened it. And now shit is open. And you got the free will to go into anything that's open. Shit ain't closed. But who I do blame, before I get to the individuals who say, fucking, I'm not wearing a mask and I ain't washing my hands and I ain't sanitizing the way that I was three months ago. Before I get to them. I live in Michigan. I done drove past a lot of these spots that's open. Y'all niggas ain't following COVID when y'all go in these restaurants. I've been seeing it. I done seen servers not wearing masks in Royal Oak. I done seen people not wearing masks in like uh, customers not wearing masks when they go pick up shit. You're not wearing gloves and you're doing hand to hands and then you're not washing your hands. I done seen it all. So these restaurants and businesses, the government got to put in a better way to fucking check and balance if they opened up under COVID rules right like you ain't supposed to have niggas sitting next to tables and yet i've seen people back to back at tables niggas is at the del mar rooftop club down in greek town every week talking about oh we ain't we 50 percent capacity well why i see a hundred motherfuckers in there and capacity is 150 look man capacity capacity could be 10 people if you sitting next to a nigga that you don't know or that you do know back to back Fam, get your ass up and move or go home. Nigga, if you sit next to a nigga with COVID, you won't know it. But y'all right shoulder to shoulder taking pictures for the gram. And I'm I'm seeing people on picture me clubbing, hugged up, and it's six of them and they all hugging and grabbing each other ass. My nigga. Like, when you get sick, if you get here's the thing. I don't hope nobody gets sick. I don't want nobody to catch this shit. I've seen what this shit could look like. But if you get sick and you've been out here wilding, not a thing. Don't blame nobody, dog. The numbers is going up, but the deaths are going down. Yeah. So it sounds like it's it becoming like a little more manageable, maybe. That the, they figured out a protocol that ends up helping work. Yeah. So, hey, y'all gotta be careful. If you catch it, don't blame nobody. Go sit your ass down yeah. for fourteen days. Try to struggle through it. But like at this point, dog, the whole fucking world, we know this shit is out here. You can't close down the world. Yeah. Like I get it. I really do, yeah. but like everybody, just take some personal responsibility because ain't no store owner policy supposed to protect you 
You protect you. Yeah, and put your fucking mask on. Put some gloves on. Wash your hands. Boost up your immune system. And here's the thing. A lot of these niggas who are like, fucking, I ain't wearing no mask. Y'all niggas ain't gonna make me wear no mask. Fuck a mask. I ain't gotta wear no mask. Cool. A lot of y'all like, nigga, I don't believe in the government. I don't believe the shit the government say. Cool. So if you get sick, don't be like, the government do this. They ain't do nothing. They ain't protect me. Like, where was y'all? Nigga, they told. Jennifer Granholm tweeted two days ago, or however many days ago, wear a mask. That's it. That's the tweet. That's it. You ain't gotta listen. It's like this. Right or wrong, y'all can agree. Hey, uh, pardon my cancellation. Hey. Um, when you engage in certain activities, there's a certain outcome that comes with it. Facts. Right or wrong, Facts. whether I think that should be the outcome or not, certain outcomes come with it. Hey. If you wanted to go down to a protest and you and a group of people wants to jump on top of a police car while there's a police car in there driving and that motherfucker run you over, should I? do I want you to get run over? No. But like, fam, don't engage in mutual combat and then cry when you get punched in the mouth. Nigga, all I'm going to say on it is, if you have raw sex, you might get some. Might get STD, might get a baby, might get whatever. You might get your car shut up. <laughs> you might get all of that. <laughs> but if you went in there unprotected, you put yourself at risk. So what we saying is the same way niggas is like, yo, don't go nowhere without your gun. Everybody got to get their CCW. Stay protected. Okay, nigga. Stay protected. That ain't got to be a, a gun. Ain't shoot. You ain't shooting COVID in the head, nigga. Tell you now. That shit get you, nigga, you got, nigga. And ain't no vest for it. Ain't no gun for it. So stay protected. Y'all do with that what you will. Our audience has grown. We just wish the best for y'all. And we hope that if, again, personal responsibility, if you're around elders, if you're around kids, if you're around people other than you, stop thinking about yourself and your personal disdain for the protection that they tell you to do and make sure that you're protecting the folks that's around you, dog. Because I seen a few of my friends who was in Miami this past weekend took their kids down there. 32 pictures at the beach, not one mask on them kids. I ain't like that. I ain't going to tell you how to parent. But I don't like that. You don't got kids, aunt. I don't got kids. I can't tell you that that's not smart. I don't you, got kids. You can't tell me about my kids and COVID, aunt. Yeah, no, 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 no. I ain't got no fucking kids, man. I ain't got no fucking kids, man. I don't know no fucking kids, man. When you get kids, aunt. Yeah, then I'm going to tell you about tell COVID, nigga, nigga. about catching COVID, okay? All right, man. So y'all just fucking stay protected, man. Uh, What else we got? Do, 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 do. Dr. Dre. Oh, getting that divorce? I heard about it. <sighs> Heard about it. 24 years of marriage, man. Dr. Dre getting a divorce. Announced today. What you think, man? You live in California. It's finna get bad. It's half. She finna get paid. She fin And you, nigga, he live in California. She was getting half if they weren't married. It's been well over 10 years, nigga. Half. She catching a whole half a billy, dog. Half of that 950 million he's allegedly worth. Yeah, dog. She about to catch a lot of bread. Irreconcilable bro. differences. What do you think Jarka Day be doing? I don't know what's irreconcilable after 24 years. It seemed like y'all didn't. I feel like y'all reconciled everything, especially knowing where he was 24 years ago. And who he was 24 years ago. Granted, I don't know Dr. Dre personally. I don't know the nigga from Can of Pain. But I imagine that if you stay together 24 years from him being at his apex of personal stardom. And that was when they was married. Married. First 20, time yeah, they've been together forever. First time he popped on the scene with old girl was 96. Yeah. So y'all been married 24. You've been together since 96 that we know of. I don't know what's irreconcilable after 24 years. Especially when he's that wealthy. 
fam, if you don't want to be together, we can separate. When I think about irreconcilable differences and I think about Dr. Dre. I think he threw some headphones at her and she ain't like that shit. Threw the big ones out of the studios, bopped her right in her shit. Nah, I won't get messy. <laughs> um, irreconcilable differences. Hey, man, I don't know what it mean, but, you know. Speaking of uh, Dr. Dre. If and Lena Rafe, Lena, Lena Wave told a story, you know what time it is. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Don't cancel us. Don't cancel us. Um, Pardon my cancellation. Did you see the shit with, uh, with Easy E's? Daughters mad at well the one daughter mad but she ain't even like she like the half daughter I don't fucking know the relationship but she pissed that she don't got no control over the fucking music. How old is she? Nigga, not old as the mama. Nigga, like his ex wife that he was married to when he died got control, or his girlfriend he was with when he died she got control of everything. And she's also the mother of the daughter who we knew about. This the daughter who came up and ain't nobody know of her. And she mad because she like, why don't the children have control? Like who? She ain't mad at Megan Thee Stallion for using the beat. She mad that the people who have control signed off. But it's like, nigga, that's kind of how royalties work. Nigga, like, niggas clear samples, bro. Like, they get paid for it. Why wouldn't they get paid and have money go to his estate and his children? Probably because she not the child that we knew about and that this woman who covers his estate. She want a piece of the action. Man. I mean, I guess. And I mean, she should so. get it. You're a child. But yeah. work that out with his, his girlfriend. Who got the estate? Don't be mad at Meg. Don't come on. And she said she wasn't mad at Meg, but like you kind of threw the shine off that song. That beat is a banger. So I'm never going. When I hear the fucking dope man beat, I don't give a shit who rapping on it. I'm hyped, nigga. I'm like, you wasn't mad when uh they sent when the game and Jim Jones and them sampled it for certified gangsters, nigga. I ain't hear you then where you was at. That was my shit. Going back real quick in the convo. Don't have shit to do with nothing we talking about currently, but I just thought about it. What happened to Black Planet? Wasn't like Solange buying that shit? What What was that whole thing? I was on Black Planet this weekend. Word? Yeah, I tried to log in. Well, I logged in and changed okay. my password. Yeah. I, for some reason, I still have an account. When we were talking about black networks and all that, I thought about like, yo, why, why we don't have a strict Side social note. media? Side note. Uh, just so I don't, you don't think I'm just going to Black Planet. By, by no, Black JB Planet. on Black Planet. I want y'all to know uh, that. That's where he creep at. Oh, iOS 14, I was going through, they tell you to change. I changed every single password I have. Yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. 250 of them. Yeah. And from Black Planet been on the list. Hey, man. Y'all want to catch Jay, catch that nigga on Black Planet. That's all I got to no, say. No, I take that it. back. That was MySpace. That mm. wasn't Black Planet. Now, see, I did. I wasn't on there this that week. That was MySpace. But I did go on MySpace like two years ago. Not uh, Black Planet. Ant Wood is a pimp. If y'all ever want to go follow my MySpace, it don't look great. <laughs> but I signed into that bitch like two years ago uh, when yeah, they were saying a group was buying that. Uh, I'll jump out the window. Uh, Justin Timberlake had bought that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when it was. So however long that was ago, two, three years ago. But yeah, I thought about like Black Planet. Didn't Solange buy that and was bringing I it back or some shit? It, yeah, yeah I fuck but, with it. Because that's the thing. I feel like this is the moment where it's like, yo, if that was part of your venture. Let's go to Black Planet. Let's go. Nigga, I'll sign into Black Planet right now and create an account. Create a, if you tell me Black Planet is coming back, I will get off the gram and Facebook right now. We'll be on Black Planet all day, bro. Like that's there the is thing, a black uh, version of Mancho hooked, hooked, he tagged a post or something. It's like a black version of Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw that. Shout it, out to Macho, man. Yeah, it's 99 cent, but it is. It's out yeah. There. And it, it, hey, that ain't much, man. It like, ain't, 
If if you can if you got ninety nine cent for a lot of other shit, you pay for it, man, and you want to get on a black social media, it is one available. Um, I wish I had pulled that up before we got in here, man. You might want to start free though. I mean, yeah, no, you need premium, to <laughs> premium shoot me the beta version <laughs> or something <laughs> for the free wall. But it's it's still something out there if y'all look for black social media content. Um, I right, we got oh wait 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 for all my travelers out there, black planet. Black fucking planet. Nigga, let's create a fucking black planet just because. For all my travelers out there, American Airlines is the first uh, airline to come out and announce this. They are done social distancing. The middle seat will be back up and they will be filling planes to capacity. They said we have lost too much money during this COVID shit. So fuck y'all niggas health. You want to be safe, wear a mask, wear some gloves, bring some sanitizer, and it better not be over fucking three ounces. I mean, you in the metal too with recycled air. All y'all niggas ain't catching that shit anyway. Man, I don't like sitting next to people on planes pre-COVID just because, again, I got space issues. I don't like people next to me. I buy the seats surrounding me at the movie theaters. I've always done it. Saying I ain't new to this. I'm true to this. I don't like you niggas. Never have. So I won't be on any American Airlines flight. I won't be on any flights anytime soon. But if I am, they won't be American. If I do fly somewhere soon, I'm going to try to make it United Airlines. They appointed their first black president. It was a little while ago, but I forgot to announce it on the show. His name is Bret Hart. Which is kind of funny. Uh, Brett J. Hart is the first black president of J. J. I mean, you know, that nigga legends all over the place, man. But uh, Brett J. Hart, first black president of United Airlines. I will be supporting once I'm ready to fly. What else I got going on? Um, coming soon to Netflix, we are getting a show called Colin in Black and White, directed and produced by Ava DuVernay, which will be a scripted drama based on the high school years of Colin Kaepernick, which I think is kind of fucking cool. And I love that they're doing like a scripted show and not just another doc. Like, I love documentaries and docuseries as much the next nigga, but give me some, like, put some entertainment behind it. You know what I'm saying? Give me that. So Ava got her new Netflix coming soon. Uh, Netflix may be the new black network. Hey, Netflix trying to get busy, man. How you feel about uh like Netflix and Hulu with all their little like black movie and black show sections? How you feel about that? Uh, have that shit free forever. Mm. If you want to do something. Mm. Yeah, make all y'all black content free. How about that? So everybody black or everybody who wants to see the black content, whether it's documentaries, TV shows, original series, movies, any of that shit, make it all free. Because black people and people who want to learn about these black historical events and these black great movies, they want to see it and they want to see it for free. They don't want to pay for it. So how about that? Y'all want to show me something? Show me that. Don't just put all your shit in an ebony category like porn. You niggas ain't porn. Same porn, hub, nigga. Separate that shit and make it free so the people who see the history and get the knowledge can go and get it. How about that? I love that idea, dog. All right. We got a, a, a couple voice notes from one of the homies. The homie Shay Jones. Never say her real name on here, but... She sent some voice notes. Now, before we play these, because these is going to lead us into uh, our conversation, our review of The Shy. Shay Jones is a Chicago resident, born and raised. She's from the town. And we've had a lot of Chicago residents hit us. I had a few hit my hip last night. Had a lot come in today in the thread. And uh, Shay Jones sent in a couple voice notes because she wanted us to personally know how Chicagoans or how she as a Chicagoan feels about these first two episodes of the shy and where it seems like the direction of the show is going so before we do that we're gonna crack these motherfucking joints open these will uh stand in when y'all hear that can crack 
That mean your man back. Shay Jones coming soon. Let me play this first one. Do, 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 do. Where did it go? Where did it go? All right. Hey, y'all. So I wanted to give you my Chicago perspective on the shy. Um, I mean, I don't hate it at this point, but it's just getting a little far-fetched from what we was used to. I felt like in the first two seasons, the goal of the show was to capture what was going on in Chicago and then add the characters to that. Now it seemed like Lena just trying to force the characters into whatever you know narrative she's trying to play on at this time, which is making it so unauthentic because ain't no way Dre would have went to a skier row with some pepper spray. Uh, the South Side don't look like the South Side. I'm not feeling this trig story. Uh, keep that shit up north. <laughs> That's where all that happened. But no, I just, uh, it's just feeling real uh, not authentic so far this season, and we only two episodes in. So hopefully they could, you know, catch us back up, like with the gang shit and all the gentrification and everything that was going on in the first two seasons that's really happening in Chicago. I want to see more of that, you know, with the uh, school system and, you know, not all this extra shit she's trying to throw in there. So I'm going to, you know, keep rocking with it because it's the shy, but I am, um, you know, not feeling it like I was, so... We'll see what happens next. All right. And then she did send in another one, but that was the first one. I want to jump on that. Let's talk about that for a minute, what she just said. Yeah. All right. Um, so she is not the only Chicagoan. I had a few of the homies hit me last night who are also born and raised uh, South Side Chicago. And they said, even geographically, this ain't correct. This ain't a good, it ain't an accurate representation of where a lot of that type of shit goes down. So what they were referencing was um, the gay blo- the gay bar that they were at on the show, Trig and his girlfriend Imani, and then just that, quote, sort of activity. Um, they said that all, all that is on the north side. Like that all, they was like, it might be one spot on the south side where lgbtq community might commiserate and it's like their specific spot but they said most of their spots if not all of them are on so the north side of the city ha- so what if they was on the north side they weren't though and the reason i know they weren't is when they ran out the bar and ran to the corner i used to that seven i've been in that Seven Eleven three hundred times like in my life that shit is up the street from my old job like our chicago office so they weren't on the north side so it was like I don't think nobody would know about that. But as a Chicagoan, you might be like if if we had a show called uh, the D Detroit One Eight Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had something that was like we know where some of the LGBTQ like specific bars and clubs. It's up Woodward, like that six mile of Woodward area is where a lot of that shit takes place. If they said, you know what, fuck it, they got the gay bar right in the middle of I don't know whatever fucking area. You might be as a native, like, ah, oh, that ain't even where they be at. Like, not on no mad shit, but you, you might it. be like, that ain't that. Like, you got rep- a gay bar in Southwest, really, nigga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might hit, especially if you're from Southwest, you might be like, that ain't even over here like that. That ain't an accurate representation of this area. But I don't know where y'all bars at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ain't from Chicago. That's why we ask Chicago people to. I mean, Detroit do. I don't hey, know where y'all yeah. bars at. Oh, oh, facts, facts. <laughs> I don't know. But we know Six Mile and Woodward is the area from there. 
I don't know what door to knock on where it's like, oh, oh you know, that's, that's so where y'all was at. That's crazy. Like, even when I was like in high school, ninth, 10th grade, riding yeah. the bus, yeah. the running joke was like, nigga, you was at Menjo's. Yeah. Uh, we know where you be at. Fam, I'm 14 years old. I have no yeah. idea what that shit is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, that was the joke. Yeah. And once you heard it, you said it to other people. Yeah. Like, and it's, to that point, too, Um, you know, as somebody that lived in Atlanta for as long as I did, Midtown in Atlanta is a highly populated LGBTQ area, right? But in Midtown Atlanta, there's a ton of shit that's like, nigga, that's just a regular restaurant. It ain't a gay restaurant. It's a restaurant. And there's that's not a gay bar. It's a bar. So it's like, I like one of my favorite burger joints is across the street from a gay bar called uh, Bulldogs. Wow. Yeah, one of the most aggressive names in American history. And I remember I was trying to go to the burger joint, and you can think of Midtown Atlanta similar to Midtown Detroit, where it's hard to park. So one night I'm trying to go get a burger. Only parking spot was in the Bulldogs parking lot. I said, oh, shit. Nah. This is kind of an interesting little conundrum I'm in right now, because... I park in this parking lot. I got to go across the street. Niggas see me coming from Bulldog. What do I? I'm in my early 20s. I don't need to something my Atlanta rep. I just moved down here. But I wanted a burger. What do I do? And it's just like, go to it's wild. Nigga. Regionally, that shit can get wild. So I respect what she said there. But to Shay's bigger point that she made, it ain't really feeling like the shy no more. Going back to what it talked about the first two seasons, talking about the gangs, talking about the gentrification, and and even uh, the schooling, schooling the the zoning, and and even nigga what the gang was doing with regard to gentrification, nigga sixty third Street was tearing the street up and a moving bit white of people. Politics in. was in there, little politics, and we know we got a little politics coming, but it's like yo. Otis Perry running for mayor against Lena Waithe? Really? Like, will they, how will they handle that? You know what I'm saying? Because I want this... What I want from the shy is for it to continue to be taken seriously. And through the first two episodes, a lot of it has felt slapstick. A lot of the drama has been usurped with, like, random other shit. This shit seemed like it's on Fox. Yeah, man. It's giving me... And I never watched it. Y'all know my disdain for this show. But it's giving me Empire vibes straight up and down. So let's see what uh, what this other one was. See what she had to say here. It's a minute. Oh, and another thing, I think that the Keisha storyline, you know, has the potential to take off mm-hmm. if they focus on it. Because where's the, you know, the two detectives and where's, you know, the people like that that was in the other two seasons that was working on the cases that was happening in that, in that area. So if they do this right, they can address, you know, because it, it's like I think they said on the news the other day, like 50 something unsolved murders of black women in Chicago that mm. have just been missing and then they found murders. So I really wish that they would, you know, stop beating around the bush with that mm. and, and doing all this extra stuff and focus on that more. And we can get into into death with that. So I'm really hoping that they carry that storyline the right way. And um, I think Jason said last week, don't just make it a narrative of her. Oh, she fast, she fast, so she got snatched. Like, no, that's not a cause and effect correlation. Mm. So, I mean, if they do that right, then, you know, it might be redeemable. But other than that, it's just way far left. They definitely went way far left. But she said something right there that I actually thought coming into, and uh, I'm going to expound on we get into the review a little bit more. Nigga, after season one, so season one was surrounded around Coogie, right? And every character we met was in some relation to either Brandon or Kevin. And Kevin was, it all could lead back to Brandon. Brandon, yeah. Um, And Brandon held the shit together. 
That's fine. Brandon ain't on here no more. We know that. We know that. Season two was the same thing. Even the other conflicts that came up can still all lead back to Brandon, whether it was Dude Eye and 63rd. Every single person on the show was connected to Brandon. It was all related to Brandon some way, somehow. And because of that, it felt like, okay, Coogie's murder and Brandon trying to figure out life after that was the central thing. Everything else was connected to Brandon, so it all made sense even when it wasn't directly connected to the murder. Where season three seems like it was going at the end of episode one when Keisha got kidnapped, it was like, oh, shit, because I really was wondering what's going to be the conflict, right? Like, Brandon and Coogie gone. That wasn't going to be the conflict, I don't think, even if he was still on the show, but what was going to be the conflict? Her getting snatched, I was like, oh, that's a perfect fucking new thing to, to start exploring, right? Fam, this was the first episode since we saw her missing from that bus stop. Nigga, we spent more time with Emma Mama on this episode than we did with them looking for Keisha, dog. Like, come on, man. That don't make sense, nigga. Like, imagine season one, we ain't we spent more time with Emmett Mama than Brandon looking for Coogie Killer. It just wouldn't have happened, dog. And now it's like, it's like, Lena, you actually got a really dope central conflict. But for whatever reason, you like trying to throw in as many other stories as possible around it. And ain't none of that shit related, dog. It's just kind of random, man. So let's get into the episode, bro. Off top, like we always do around this time, man. Uh, how you felt about the episode? What you rating it? Uh, I think, what well, last week I gave it a five. five. You gave that premiere five. A four and a half. I'm going to go on and get this one a strong four. I can't even give it a half. I, I thought this episode was, I thought this episode was horrible, dog. It really was. I thought it was horrible. I I didn't think it was acted that well. I thought it was jumpy. I thought some of the random storylines in there, and we're gonna get to all that shit. But I just thought it was like really, it was sloppy, man. You get the half point because Kevin kind of bossed up at the end of the show. Yeah, and I give you the half because Emmett Mom's body is crazy. So if you want to throw that as a half. I give you that as a half, but the episode in general, dog, this was not it, bro, at all. And if that was any indication of how the rest of the season gonna go, fam, you know this used to be one of my favorite shows. Though. Fam, we were looking forward to this shit returning more than anybody else. So to see where we're at with the disappointment level is like astonishing because we, nigga, we almost like went back and did a season one review before season two, nigga. Like we fuck with the shy, and I want to throw this out there too. Because I don't want nothing that we say moving forward to be unclear. Not only do we fuck with the shy, we fuck with Lena. I fuck with Lena. Thanks. Jay fuck with Lena. Nigga, go listen to our Queen and Slim review. We couldn't wait. We were Shit, talking about Queen we and Slim. Boomerang. Fam, we're the only, <laughs> me, you, and the homie Bucky on Facebook, the only three niggas I know who watch Boomerang, bro. We reviewed Boomerang, nigga. Like, wasn't nobody asking for wasn't a Wasn't nobody, <laughs> a nigga. Review. Come on, dog. And 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 that's the thing. Like, I've seen what she did on Master of None. We've seen Boomerang. We've seen Queen and Slim. Uh, we've seen Westworld. We've seen all this shit. So it's like, nigga, don't take the. We know what, nigga. I watched Twenties. I just told somebody today, Twenties is dope as fuck. And if you didn't see it on BET, it's gonna be on Showtime later this month. I think like July sixteenth. Um, so if you got Showtime to watch the shot, watch Twenties on there as well. It'll be uncut. It's a good ass show, dog. And it's centered around a lesbian woman on the show. So, nigga, this ain't old. Lena got a lesbian couple. It been a lesbian couple on here. They been married. We was wondering why the fuck all of a sudden she had a new wife when she used to be married to another wife. Nigga, like, why you bringing somebody that was a little more? 
I don't know. Like, why you bringing a new wife, nigga, and never explain that it was a whole other character on here that played the wife? Why you have her with a strap on bouncing up and down on the TV, nigga? Like, what was the purpose, dog? Saying an indictment on LGBTQ programming, nigga, include everybody. I want niggas included. Trans women, lesbians, gays, include them. But make it make sense to the story you telling me, dog. You can't in season three say, fuck it, I'm going to give y'all a whole brand new tone to the show. Nigga, we... I also uh, put a lot of this on the showrunner, dog. We three showrunners in three seasons deep. But, nigga, the continuity between season one and two never felt off. You know what I'm saying? I ain't write this shit, though. Even if I'm a showrunner, y'all wrote this shit. And Lena was I didn't very, hire the fucking, you know what I'm saying? So Lena was very clear about two things with season three, doing a press and all that going into the season. One, that she wrote all of season three. This is her. Okay, Tyler Perry. So she put it on herself. But two... She was also clear, and this is a quote, this will be the gayest season ever, end quote. That was a quote on James <laughs> Corden's show. I just read about it yesterday. But she said that on the James Corden show, she said this will be the gayest season ever. And that's where you lost that. Because, because you went to her and not trying to make, this is going to be the greatest season era ever, and it's probably going to have some gay characters, then this is going to be the gayest season ever. So if you're just trying to make this shit gay and not entertaining, and not great. And not about Chicago. That's where you bro. losing me. And not you about can, the characters you developed already. And they can be like, yo, this is gonna be the most gangster episode ever. Fam, I want a good episode, not a gangster episode. And I want the episode that talks about the shit that we've been talking about for two seasons. Again, this ain't season one of the shy. Don't press restart just because you lost a few characters, nigga. Like, don't do that, bro. Like, I, I don't I don't like that. Don't change your show. Because now you're trying to be inclusionary, nigga. Don't change it for the worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, add as many fucking LGBTQ actors and actresses as you want to, but make it make sense within the story that you've been trying to tell us for two seasons. That's all I'm asking, nigga. I ain't never asked for, yo, I, Reggie, apparently didn't want to, or the, the actor didn't want to have a trans love interest. Cool. He's well within his right not to want that shit. But do that mean kill him off and then just create a whole new brother that we've never heard a word of and make his love interest be the trans woman? No. What the fuck? Like, yo, you couldn't just figure out a way to keep Reggie alive on this bitch or keep him a part of the story. And if he had to die, because, yo, the nigga got shot the fuck up. All right, cool. He was a member of the gang. Nigga, gang members die. I get it. It can happen. Keep it real life. I never want a story to fucking. But don't power me, nigga. Niggas who can die. Can die, nigga. That's caning me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't got to make it where, oh, this nigga just escapes death. But, yo, if he had to die, nigga, you ain't need to bring in a new brother to make sure that the trans love interest still got on here. Because what did the trans love interest have to do with the story that you was giving me? Even before Reggie said he wasn't doing it, allegedly. All right, cool. Well, why did he say he wasn't doing it? Was it because he didn't want to have a trans love interest? Or did he hear what your idea was and say... That shit dumb. Dumb. That just kind of ain't what I'm... That ain't who I am. That ain't who this character is, dog. Like, keep respect with the character, nigga. Like, don't just throw shit on there just to throw it on there. Reggie, good actor. I fuck with... Shout out to Barton Fitzpatrick. I tagged that nigga a couple times on Twitter today. I'm hoping he reposts some shit. Because that nigga killed that role, dog. And he tweeted a few days ago something that I was like... Yeah, you did. He was like, hey, I know Reggie did, and people was disappointed last week, but he was like, you know what? That character went down with the Canes, the O-Dogs, the Omars. The he was like, nigga, I was a bad guy who y'all ended up loving. Nigga. And it was like, that's true. Niggas fucked with Reggie by the end of that. Like, season one, we was kind of eh. 
season two, that nigga was a fucking stalwart in that show, man. And I'm just like, yo, nigga, uh, uh, internal disagreement about the direction of the character don't mean kill the character off, man. But if you gonna do it, make sure that whatever you plan well, on doing, this gotta be the gayest season ever. It got him, and that's what I'm like. Come on, dog! You introducing his brother and trying to make us feel like he cares enough to come get his little brother, but he never cared enough to come around before. Now y'all telling me this nigga was? Oh, I used to take you and your little friends to Six Flags every summer. The timeline off because you just told me this nigga been in jail and then came around. And even he said earlier in the episode, by the time Jake was born, I was one foot out the door. So when the fuck was you taking them to Six Flags every summer if you was already gone, nigga? I just don't get it, man. But we we let's let's walk through the episode, man, and talk about some of this shit linearly, so we can uh, figure out where it went wrong, man. Uh, episode opened up with what I thought was probably the best scenes in the episode, with Kevin going into Keisha's room. He saw a purse, Gucci bag, hanging from her mirror, and then he flashed back to a scene where he remembered her having a Gucci bag when they was in the car with their mom. Yeah, I don't expect. No, I, I I think they wanted to know that it was fake Gucci because the strings was hanging off of that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you got to be thinking like, because her, her mama would not be okay with her having an actual Gucci bag. I don't expect, they, they haven't shown, like they're a, a well taken care of family. They eat, they take care of their kids. Their kids are smart, driven. They've never seen like the bio 16 year old daughter of Gucci bag family, yeah. Um, but whatever. He remembered another time seeing that bag. He flashed back to when they was in the car with their mom. They was driving. Him and Keisha was in the back seat, which I thought was kind of weird. I hate when two people in the back seat, nobody in the front, in the passenger. That's just weird to me. It feel unbalanced oh, if you're not we, in the Uber. When we was kids, y- y- y'all sitting in the back. But she older, though. That's why, that's why I felt like that. Because his age, yeah, y'all get in the back, nigga. But I don't know. It felt awkward. But anyway, she on the phone. He arguing with his mama about her eating the fries and shit. Don't eat my fries. You ain't even looking in the back. And he see Keisha pop her birth control pill but he don't know that's what that was he thought it was a damn mint so he grabbed her purse reach in there now he pregnant <laughs> that nigga say uh this the nasty he was like is that crack that nigga said am i a crackhead now because i just ate that dog and his mom like yo what is y'all arguing about back there whole time i'm like you don't hear you don't see like why would you pop a birth control pill behind your mama back? Like nigga, were you listening to the convo she was having on the phone with her girl? Sitting by somebody lips is this. No, talking about Drake. She like Drake lips is so juicy. His light skinned ass can get it. He don't even wear a do rag at night or some. And it was like, wait, you talking like that with your mom in the front seat? Is she deaf? Is mom deaf and we ain't hear that yet, nigga? Like, is that another thing they wanted to include in the show? Is deaf parents? I don't know, nigga. But she like what y'all arguing about. Kevin tried not to say nothing. He put the birth control behind his back. His mom like, what is you hiding? Eventually, he pull it out. He realized something was wrong, nigga. It wasn't a mint, clearly. It's birth control. So her and Keisha get out the car, and they arguing. Kevin in there making a mess, eating the fries. Keisha get back in the whip after she get this yelled at. This is an important scene, though. It really was, because it showed a lot of their relationship, right? Him and Keisha's. Well, no, it sh- yes, but it showed the reason why he didn't tell his mom the truth. Because he always ended up getting, getting her in trouble. Yeah, he already ended up getting her in trouble. So, so that's, he was lying about. So when she got back in the car, he said, I'm sorry, Keisha. And she was like, you always getting me in trouble. Which I thought she killed that little line real quick. Because that was mad. That reminded me of me and my sister. Rest in peace. She used to always say that shit, dog. And be mad as fuck at me. And like, you always getting me in trouble. Your little, and it's like, all right, my bad, nigga. I'm a little bro. That's what I do. But but like, damn, bitch, you in the back, you in the back you seat. You popped the birth fucking, control like, in front of her. 
Fuck out. I don't know what you expected me to Why do. Why you or talking not do. about another nigga? Lips talking about another nigga could get it in front of her. You 16, 17. Like, relax, fam. But then it flashed back forward to the current scene where he's standing in her room, present day, and he, like, it was like he flashed, like, oh shit, let me look at her computer, see if, you know, anybody been texting her. Let me text her homegirl. So he opens her computer. Apparently, her shit wasn't passcoded or nothing. Opened it up. Boom, boom, boom. He started texting her homegirl, Malaysia. He also seen the messages from whoever the dude she was texting. Nuke. And she wasn't. Yeah. Or he Nook. Wasn't, he wasn't responding. Or she, she was, wasn't responding. Like, yeah. Yo, where you at? And yeah, yeah. And you remember when last week went off, he sent the last message we saw that said, hey, when are you coming home? Tomorrow? Because it was a Sunday night. They folks had just left. Da, da, da. So... Kevin sees when he opens a computer a lot of text saying, girl, where you at? Girl, why you ain't responding? Da, da, da. So he hit up her, who I assumed was best friend, Malaysia. And he's like, hey, Malaysia, this Kev, Keisha ain't been home in two days. Have you t- Or you know where she at? And Malaysia started typing. But before she finished whatever she was typing, mom came out of her bedroom and rushed in there to see if Keisha was home. Continuity issues. I'll bring it up later. All right. So mom come in there. And Kevin say, he snatched the computer, threw it in his book bag real quick. It was her MacBook. And he was like, she was like, what you doing in here? Are y'all hiding something? He was like, no, we ain't hiding it. I was getting a pen and paper before school. I got to go. And she was like, where is Keisha? And he was like, "Uh, she stayed at Malaysia's. They probably was prepping for a track meet. And it was like, all right, clearly you're lying, but. Niggas just be so casual with their kids. Like, you okay with your kid not coming home at night? Like, so let's let's kind of stay on the the Keisha thing for a minute because it was something that I want to get to that I didn't really like. The mom said when they went to her school, right? Her and uh, the mom and Dre. So when they pulled up to the school, they was walking in there, and Dre was telling her, you know, just stay calm, da da da. Like I'm sure she has school. Why she got so much camera time? No clue. No fucking clue. Because Karen, the former wife that they pretending just never existed. She ain't talked this much. She was on some episodes, but she ain't talked this much. But um, so they walking into the school, and the mom goes, "Um, I know my daughter. Keisha will miss a meal, but she won't miss school." And I stopped right there and paused it because I was like, "So you cool if she don't come home for dinner at night, and you don't know where she at? But you know, cause she ain't been home in two days. She been gone for three, so you know she ain't been home, but." All right, long as she in school. I know she ain't missed school. Fam, your daughter hasn't been home or heard from since Sunday. This ain't something you can... Like, if she was in school, what was you going to do? Like, you wasn't mad no more? Like, see, I told you she was at school. Nigga, when you come home, that's a problem. Like, my daughter can't just be missing. So then they go into the school. They go to talk to the principal. And they say, hey, man, Keisha been missing for two days. We haven't seen her. And the principal says... Well, yeah, she's missed a lot of school recently, too, like much more than usual. It's kind of concerning. They was like, well, why haven't you called us? Ain't that your job? And I was like, I started thinking like, yeah, I get like, all right, I know the school at a certain point of absences like calls the parent. But I started thinking like she said she's missed a lot more school than usual. Not she ain't been in school. She's been gone for two days. But, like, in general, she it sounds like she's been skipping. Yeah. So I'm not calling you for two straight absences. Because, nigga, if they called parents for missing school for two days, all the times I skipped school, I'd have been in trouble, nigga. <laughs> like, 
Well, I mean, what else you gonna do? So I'm like, what? At what point though? Do the school supposed to call the parent? Because I don't fucking know, nigga. Like, is it if they miss a week straight? Is it three days straight? Because two days straight, I don't know if they calling yet. Because they ain't used to call my mom if I skipped Monday and Tuesday. They just didn't, nigga. But all that said. They go, hey, ain't it your job? And she was like, look, I got 4,000 students. That was kind of a bullshit excuse, nigga. We got 4,000 students. We can't keep up with anybody, nigga. But you should if she been missing more than usual. She an athlete like here. Like, how the fuck would I know she not here, though? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, if she, but if, if I, you notice that she been missing more than that, more than usual. I'm talking about for, for the mom. If you go to, if you leave the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? If she say, I'm leaving and going to school. And, you come and y'all don't call time. me and tell me she ain't at school. How the fuck we gonna know she ain't at school? So even if y'all wouldn't have called for two consecutive absences, if she been missing more than usual, nigga, just call me and let me know. But then they, the teacher or the principal flipped it and was like, well, it's your job to make sure she gets to school. And I thought about that. like, And this was the weekend. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she might have been here Friday. Her not coming in Monday. Well, Friday until- was the wedding. I thought Saturday was the wedding. I, 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 I kind of missed the timeline, but... I kind of think it was Friday for the wedding, and then they left and was gone Saturday, um, Sunday. They was definitely gone Sunday. Yeah. That's one. We know that for a fact. And they yeah. came back Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, see, I thought not, the wedding was Saturday, and then they went and got the room Saturday, and then they was just gone till Monday. Either way, they've been gone since Friday or Saturday. Yeah. But Keisha ain't been in fucking school Monday and Tuesday. That's what we know. Um, cause when they got back Monday, she wasn't there. And then here we are Tuesday. She still ain't there. Nigga. So, um, the principal was like, yo, it's your job to make sure she gets school. Da, da, da. The mom kind of turned up. She was like, and the, the principal was like, I'm sure she'll turn up and things will be fine. And she was like, but what if she don't? Whose job is that? Yours again. <laughs> and it was like, all right, you still her parent, my nigga. Like I, I get you being upset the school didn't call you about her absences because maybe she been fucking with that nook nigga, skipping classes and shit. Cool, nigga. But, nigga, you got to be responsible as the parent. And I know me and Jane parents, so y'all don't blow us up and let us know that we not parents. We're familiar that we don't have children around here. Um, and if we do, nobody's hit us up. So, <laughs> but um, no, man, like, I feel like as a parent, yeah, if your daughter old enough to walk or drive to school or whatever, get there on her own. But I'm like, nigga, are y'all checking homework? Are y'all going to conferences? Are y'all like, what is y'all doing to make sure she in school? Because y'all dipped for a couple days and that nigga went straight to Nook House and ain't been seen since she stopped at the bus. Y'all wasn't calling. Y'all ain't know she was missing because Kev text. I ain't seen no text from mom or Dre in that motherfucking computer. So what y'all been doing, man? But in general, what you think about that storyline? I've been seeing mixed reviews. I've been seeing people like, I don't like the whole Keisha being kidnapped storyline. She better not be gone more than one more episode. I literally saw that like 30 times on Twitter today. She going to be gone next episode. She could be dead. I I thought. I almost t- feel like she will be dead. I thought they t- I thought they killed her off this episode at first when the mm. police came back and, and they was crying in the living room. Oh, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the fuck did the police come back and y'all was crying in the living room? And then y'all going like it didn't that didn't make sense. Was that an editing error? Was that supposed to be the next next week episode? It, it was it was weird. So the first time they called the police, I ain't like this was very realistic though, about missing black women, I feel like. Um and missing black children in general. The cop came through, black female cop, female officer. Pardon me for saying female if that's offensive. I just don't know. I don't know your pronouns. Um so the officer's over there and they talking to her and they like, yo, our daughter's been missing two days, like this son like her. And she like, 
Same thing happened to my daughter. She probably just with a friend or with a boyfriend or something. Like, she'll be fine. And so Kevin's sitting right there, and they like. Well, see, that, well, that that's when Kevin finally told the truth. Mm-hmm. When he was like, oh, well, she went to her boyfriend. Then it went yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, oh, See, okay. same thing. My daughter did the same thing. Like, you think she missing whole time. She be with a nigga. She be all right. And it's but like, when they say that, then it's like, what's this guy's name? Let's go look for him because he, she, it's a still a minor. She didn't ask a, a child, fucking thing. And they still been gone for two days. All you just heard was the term boyfriend, and you now you walking out the fucking door. And, and look, and then, so when she get up to walk out the door, Dre like, all right, well, we still want to follow a missing persons report. She was like, be my guest. Damn, nigga. Like, my, I just told you my child missing. And you just told me you a mother of a daughter. This don't concern you in the least. Like, you just don't give a fuck. But I feel like that's probably an accurate representation of most cops. Like, when it come to black children missing, especially a black girl, they probably like, man, she'll turn up. She probably, Like you said, episode one, she probably was out being fast. That's what everybody going to think, right? Right. Out with her boyfriend, fast ass, ain't nothing wrong. But it's like, damn, you ain't even ask if Kevin knew a name nothing so speaking of which kevin found out the name of the nigga because he also went up to her school he skipped school it looked like to go to keisha school or at least he missed like a part of the morning he no because he went to jake's crib later so could have been a different day i don't fucking know I, I just like how the fact that if i'm not like they just not acknowledging the fact that he's at this new school now no he just there him and jake. him and jake Jake just ended up there too because he like a, dude out his dad now. There was like I don't know if it was in the preview uh, for episode three or in this section here, but they mentioned it like yeah. I think it was in a preview for next week. My nigga just at Northside Academy like fuck it man, but uh, so Kevin went up to to Keisha's school and he went to talk to her friend Malaysia because he couldn't get that text convo off with her earlier. I hated this scene, dog. I hated this friend. I hated the script that they gave her. Like, it was so like, come on, dog. These ain't kids, man. Like, yes, she's a kid. She's a teenager. But I'm like, if her little brother then came up to your school and he like, yo, have you seen Keisha? He didn't ask you about her he on said, the text. Yo, why ain't you texting back? Yeah. And I was like, she, she was started to. And you closed the computer. But more important than that, because I'm, I'm like, maybe he texted her from his phone, and that's what he was referencing. And that's when he thought, maybe she'll text me back if I hit her from Keisha's shit. I don't know. But I didn't like her. Like, her whole disposition was, yeah, I'm mad at her. She ain't even hit me back. And da, 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 da. And it was like, fam, you're not getting that he telling you she missing? You 17, 16 years old. Like, you don't understand. He not up here playing. Like, nigga, my sister's disappeared, motherfucker. Like, help me out. Nigga, when you talk to her, tell her I'm mad at her. No, no, no. She ain't even text me back. She probably out fucking with her boyfriend. And it was like, yo, I hate this whole energy, dog. Like, who wrote that, Lena? But I'm just like, that That whole part just felt she unrealistic. Archer aggressive. Dog. Yeah. Let me, let me make the black girl uh, attitude. Yeah. Like, I don't like how you portray black This women. young inner city black girl, you making me think that she don't understand the gravity of what's going on. And it's like, tell me. Mm. Hmm. I'll get to it. Tell me one one redeeming quality of any black woman that's on this show. <sighs> trying to think of all the black women on this show. The coolest woman on this show prior to this episode, I would say, 
would have been Emmett's mom, Jada. She was my, I, I liked her character. She seemed like she was smart. She was driven. She, Jada's a goddamn fool. Fam, this. She's about to, she was about to go out with a fucking bum and a drunk. And then she ended up hooking up with her, about to hook up with her old baby dad. With the daddy. old baby dad. And, like, but this episode took her character to. There's nothing good. Because here's the thing about her even like having that moment with Ronnie for a minute before he blew that. She took seven episodes to take the. He had been trying to get her to fuck with him. And she told him like, yo, that kid you killed, he was about my son age. Like, I ain't fucking with you. I'm scared of you, nigga. I don't, I'm really only taking care of your grandma because I like your grandma. I don't like you, nigga. It took a while to even run, warm up to Ronnie. So I say that she at least seemed like she had some sort of compass, not a moral compass, but just some compass that she followed. She hated the baby dad until she had a horny night and he came over there and it was the right time, right place. And then once that got disrupted, it got disrupted. But nigga, the shit she did on this episode was like baffling to me. That was, again, going back to what we were saying, you totally changed who her character is, dog. That ain't never been... Fam, she fucking essentially a prostitute, really, who acts as a masseuse. So let's talk about it. She started out on some speed dates, right? She was speed dating. Understandable. You a single woman. Your child's grown and gone, nigga. You want to get back out here. You want to date. It's hard. Maybe you go speed dating. I ain't mad at it. She was the worst speed dater in history. Nigga. Facts. That was some of the most awkward shit. Told the first nigga, he like, yeah, you know, I'm from Naperville. Like, I'm on crib. I got a cat. I hate cats. Cats don't pull their weight around the house. That's why Egyptians killed cats. They was useless. That nigga was looking like, all right, man, have a good night. Niggas with cats is weird. Next, I don't trust men with cats unless they got a wife. And even then, how you didn't tell your wife, yo, we not getting a cat. I don't get it. But do y'all. Next nigga came up, young black dude. They sitting there talking. He like, what hobbies you got? She like, uh, I like napping. Is that a hobby? He like, nah, not really. This bitch is is is, is whack. She boring as whack, fuck. She's boring, lame. He like, I right, well, what she's do you like to do for fun? She's a loser. She say, oh, I love spending time with my grandkids. That nigga said, oh, you a grandma? And he got the fuck out of there. So then here comes the Asian dude. Who's not from Asia? The niggas from fucking Lincoln Park, Illinois, <laughs> nigga. He from the shy. He sit down. First thing out her mouth. What part of Asia you from, nigga? That ain't even like yo. I'm not used to dating. That's just stupid. You don't know that that's a bad question to ask somebody. Jay, if somebody asks you, you going to date with a non-black woman? She asks you, what part of Africa you from? What you saying, dog? West. <laughs> it's always West Side. And tell her you got the now. And you finna bite her. Now what, nigga? Don't fucking ask me what part of Asia I'm from, dog. So he like, uh, I'm not from Asia. I'm from Lincoln Park. She was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so stupid. Where are your parents from? That nigga said, they not from Asia neither. They from Lincoln Park, nigga. Like, you kind of feeling racist to me right now, dog. So... I'm gonna let you. He was cool about it. He ain't make no scene, but it was just like, I, right, she bad at this dating shit. So after her terrible speed dating event, apparently she went and picked up some food from some random lady who got a food spot. Who we learned who that was later. And she go over to fucking Tiffany and Emmett crib real quick. Emmett wasn't there. We gonna talk about where he was at. But she pulled up and Tiffany was there smoking again. Let's talk about Tiffany. 
We saw Tiffany last season. She came and told Emmett at Sonny's she was pregnant. We've seen Tiffany twice. I like Tiffany. I like her character, always did. She gave Emmett a hard time, but cool. We've seen her twice this season. Tiffany ain't pregnant no more, bro. What Who is this person? What happened? This is not the same Tiffany. Tiffany from last two seasons was, was a borderline retard. <laughs> she wasn't bright at all. Yeah. She was in an abusive relationship. She was overly ghetto, overly lot. Like, this is not the same mental. She was not a mental giant. She didn't seemingly grew up, but on the flip, I don't know that she seemingly grew up because one, again, we need to, somebody going to have to acknowledge that there was a baby in play. And now they only talk about EJ, their first baby. If that don't get brought up, y'all not going to insecure me and just tell me about some shit and then just run away from me. Y'all not about to Judy me. Nigga, not with a baby. At least Judy had two years, nigga. Damn. But, uh, so we don't know what, what happened to the baby, but Jada come over there and she walk in and she like, where Emmett at? Oh, Emmett not here. Cool, because I came to talk to you. She was like, I went to that speed dating thing you told me about. Oh, how'd it go? Bitch, I was terrible at it. I was the worst speed dater in the history of speed dating. I sucked. She was like, all you got to do is flirt. Like, what? how you fuck that up? She was like, nigga, I don't know how to flirt. Like, she was like, I'm just looking for a life partner, da-da-da. Like, that just wasn't it. So Tiffany say... Oh, well, you need your back blown out. Is that how you talk to the mother of your baby dad? Shit, wow, dog. That's nuts, nigga. And again, to your point, Tiffany seems a lot brighter, a lot calmer this year. She had through two episodes. She seems matured, very matured. That was a very wild thing to say to the mother of your kid's dad, that she need her back blown out. And I get that y'all have developed a rapport. I like that y'all have a relationship. But do she need her back blown out? But then she further went into the back blown out combo. Took a card out her purse. She reached right in that purse and grabbed that card like she knew where it was at the whole time. And said, look, I want you to call this dude. He's a masseuse. He massages shit. Fam, don't you ever in your life. I STBU introduce my motherfucking mom to a prostitute but most importantly tiffany my baby mom who i apparently love or maybe at least like a little bit because i live with her and we're trying to work our relationship out why do you have this prostitute masseuse's card at the top of your purse ready to hand out like you promoting this nigga tiffany you've been fucking a prostitute too that nigga hit your baby mama and And your your mama 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 My God. Shout out to Suede. That was that nigga name. (laughs) If you a masseuse prostitute, your name might as well be Suede. That nigga fucked his baby mama and his mama mama, bro. Suede gotta die. Suede gotta die. You can't know how my mom and my baby mom feel. Die. Yeah, he gotta die, dog. So she gives that nigga uh, Jada the card, says, call this nigga. He massages shit. And then Emmett comes in. Emmett comes in. Jada gets up to leave. She like, hey, Emmett, I just came to see Tiffany. Whoop, whoop, whoop. She had brought her some food. Let's talk about it. So the food that she brought Tiffany, she said, oh, it's from this lady that cooks off whatever street she named. And Emmett tasted some when he got there because she ain't bring nothing from Emmett. So Tiffany let Emmett taste some. And he was like, damn, this good. He was like, what's her number? Tiffany. What's her name or something? Yeah. And she was like, why you want the bitch number? And he was like, nigga, I want her to work for me. Like, she should cook. 
Because Emmett still ain't figured out this whole cooking part of, of his catering business yet, right? Nigga ain't figured out when he sell food, someone actually has to cook the you food. Gotta you got to cook sell. the food. So Emmett was at his, well, one of his other baby mom's family members or friend. I don't know what the relation was, but he was at one of her friend's baby showers and he catered it. The other baby mama hired him to come cater it. And you'd have thought he learned his lesson from catering that wedding, but he didn't. This time around, what he did was pretend like he had an assistant, locked her out the kitchen, the baby mom, and then he had people from Postmates and Uber Eats and DoorDash and Grubhub pull up with different food from different shit in Chicago. Fried chicken, barbecue, all that type shit from different spots in the shy. The baby moms got mad at him. Was like, yo, nigga, if you was going, because people start eating the chicken, was like, damn, nigga, this came from over there. And then niggas eating the barbecue, damn, this from Limbs. And they figured it out pretty quickly. He didn't cook a fucking thing in that back. So the baby moms got mad, like, yo, nigga, if I wanted to cater this shit, or if I wanted to get some carry out, I could have got it myself, nigga. You should have. Very true, but you paid me, and I did what I needed to do, nigga. But back to the whole shit with uh, him figuring out who his mama brought food from. He like, yo, whoever made this food need to come work for me because I need a cook or this catering business ain't going to make no money because you can't be spending money on fucking takeout and delivery if you are trying to cater. Like, you're going to spend all the money you're making, nigga. You can't be in the black at all, nigga. You clearly in the red. So he want to figure out who the fucking chef is and lo and behold, who's the chef, dog? No, if this ain't the most weird, if this ain't the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen in my fucking life, fucking Lala, this was the worst. Niggas were. I'm not. I'm not. Fam. I'm not mad that Lala is the chef. Okay. What? 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 What throws me to fuck off is that Lena, you wrote into the script that. He was going to go over to her house, introduce himself, and she says, prove it. He's like, huh? How want me to prove it? (laughs) (laughs) Bro, that nigga said, let me see that. (laughs) Hold up, before we even got there, because before we got there, he had called her in advance of going over there. He figured out what her number was, where she was at, and he said, it's me. I called you earlier. We spoke on the phone. Are you Dom, Dominique? And she was like, yeah, I'm Dominique. Who the fuck is you? He was like, we spoke on the phone earlier. I'm I'm Emmett. Oh, yeah. You Emmett? Prove it. He was like, prove it how? Word on the street is you got a third leg out here. First of all, word on what street? I just called you earlier. You don't know me. You don't know shit about me. You have a low-key speakeasy restaurant. That nobody knows about in your crib. We don't know one another, dog. How is word on the street that I got a third leg? You got a lot of kids. True. A lot of baby mamas. But do you know all three of them? Because Tiffany ain't know you when the mom dropped shit off. This bitch said, let me pet that dog. (laughs) Fam, she said, he was like, well, okay. And she was like, let me see that dick. Like what? Dog. Now, I know Lena. You know, Lena, we know you part of the LBGTQ. And um, you don't really know how the interaction goes down between boys and girls. Uh, because maybe you haven't. I, I can guarantee you it, it just don't go down like that. Duh. not saying it has never gone on like that before. Man, man, but now we're perfect strangers. Fam, this nigga walked on the door. Again, she has a speakeasy restaurant, which I'm assuming you got to know somebody to even know about. 
So if I called in advance and said I was going to come through and I had a business opportunity for you, da, 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 and I get there, and I'm here to talk about business, I called in advance to tell you I was coming, and you say, prove your image by showing me your dick, I don't want to do business with you. Because that's the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. But most importantly, how did that leave the writer's room, dog? It left the writer's room. It made it to rehearse. It made it to the script. Made it to rehearsal. Y'all shot this shit. Probably fucked up on it because you kept laughing. I know you laughed, and y'all kept seeing it and said, "You know what? Let's keep it in there. Let me see that dick." Wow. Let me see that dick. That's the moment where the show jumped the shark. I was ready for you because I was gonna ask if you felt like it did. That at that moment, right there, jumped the shark. And it was funny because um. You know, look, looking on the internet streets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, a lot of people, not me, a lot of people had an issue with um, Trig, Luke James' character, his girl being trans, and her saying, or uh, Lena including a trans actress in the show. I ain't have a problem with that. And one, we already knew it last week because people were confirming it online uh, in the thread, but I ain't have a problem with that. That's not my problem. My biggest problem in this episode was let me see that dick. Because that was the most ridiculous shit in this episode, dog. And then he just pulls out. That nigga said, man, you lucky that I'm really desperate. I'm like, yeah, bitch, let me, give me two minutes. Let me get a little chubby or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, (laughs) don't ask me to pull out outside (laughs) on soft. On the yard, <laughs> like for y'all ladies that who got that that one, it's a video to go around uh, about a woman who wasn't pap ready. Yeah, <laughs> like I may not, be, <laughs> I may not be pull out ready right now. Like, yeah, me, dog, I, 40, I didn't give me forty five seconds. Let me I didn't think like about your something. approach. <laughs> Let, me, Let think, me reach in my pocket for thirty seconds, Let me nigga. Think about something right quick. But Shit. dog, that that moment was so fucking ridiculous to me, man. Like it was it was disrespectful to the show. Lena Waithe, you're better than that moment. Bro. Like in real life, dog. Like this was a real life say. Like, yo, get the fuck out of here. Let me see that dick. What? Like, Lala, that's your first words on the show? Nigga. And again, I, it's not Tiffany Addish. Like, no, this and and here's the thing. Lala, we have already Lala talked is about getting fucked on this show. Oh, I I could tell by the way she was talking to this nigga. I'm like, are they about to They're fuck? going to have a scene, dog. I'm like, are they about to Cause she was getting aggressive. I mean, she got aggressive from the rip when she opened the door. Let me see your dick. I'd have responded, let me see your fucking titties, nigga. What the fuck is you talking about? But all that say, he showed her the dick. She said, I, you're you. Bitch, you know I got a license. I can show you my ID. Like, but okay. So he comes in and they walk through her restaurant. She got a whole little living room. Living room set up that she then turned into a restaurant. And apparently she's cooking in the kitchen for, pardon me, for the restaurant. So they go in her kitchen and he like, man, this all you like, this is crazy. Da, da, da. I ain't never seen no kitchen I ain't before. never seen no shit like in a this. House. You got a kitchen in your house? What? So she like, yeah, you know, this what I do. She ain't explained nothing about this operation. And she was like. So what are you here for? He was like, I got an opportunity for you. Like, I want you to come work for me. I don't work for nobody. I like working for myself. He was like, look, I got a catering business. I need somebody to cook. Your food, like, it's crazy. And he was like, you know, what's on your menu? She was like, whatever's in season. And then she starts to cooking. 
and they used a whole different size woman's hands than like these was not Lala hands in any one of these scenes. Jada hands. Nigga, I don't even think they was Jada hands, nigga. It was Jada kiss hands, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> this was not fucking Lala hands, but she start prepping food. The only thing Lala did in this scene was put salt in the pot. And I want everybody to rewatch this scene. If you don't watch nothing else, rewatch this scene and watch her sprinkle this salt on these oxtails. It was one of the most awkward looking motion. Your arm don't even be the way her arm be, dog, in this scene. Like, it was awkward as fuck. She whips up this meal in what looks like a matter of minutes, even though there's no way you can braise oxtails in that amount of time. And then she like, all right, nigga. Ain't nothing in this kitchen free. Not the food and especially not me. So I'm like, okay, are you a prostitute too? Like, it's the masseuse and you? Everybody, like, side hustle is a cover-up for being a prostitute? Like, what am I looking at right now? So Emmett threw her $20, sat down, ate this, some food. This bitch said, I don't do it for the money. I do it for the culture. My nigga. Oh, because he said, because he said, man, we can get, he was eating. He was like, man, we can get paid. Oh this shit's so God. good. We going to get paid. I didn't quite catch that. Siri, I didn't quite catch it either, nigga. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the culture. And it was at that moment that I started writing down new names for our podcast, nigga. Because if that's the culture, I don't want to be a part of it no more, dog. She fucked up the culture with that statement. Oh, something else she said. Don't want to forget this because this was my second most infuriating moment in this episode. He goes, yeah, man, I want you to come cook for me. I got a catering business. She was like, oh, you that dude that used to work with Brandon. So two things before we even get into what she said after that. First thing, so you've magically heard about my dick, one. But two, you magically know that I used to work with Brandon, but you didn't know I was the dude that worked with Brandon when you knew I was Emmett on your porch. You just putting it together. Come on, dog. Continuity and just writing, bro. So then he says, yeah, man, may he rest in power. Eh, that nigga wasn't shit. Really, though? He was like, hold up. Because it got worse. He was like, damn, you going to speak on the dead like that? Just because he did don't make him no angel. Let's talk about it, bro. Let's talk about it. That scene right there was enough for me to quit watching this shit. And here's why. That was a shot from That Lena. was a shot at J from Lena to Jason Mitchell. That had nothing to do with Brandon. That had everything to do with the Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's my point, though. Lena, we want to talk about the Breakfast Club. Yo, interview on the Breakfast Club when this shit happened last it's year. been downhill ever since. Was Nigga, I hate listening to Lena interviews, which is probably why I missed her on James Corden saying it's going to be the gayest season ever. Because I don't want to hear her talk in an interview again because she do not do well on the fly. She's not like she lying. She is. Fam, the previous showrunner who also said Jason Mitchell talked to me crazy after I reported he had talked to Tiffany and whatever the other uh, actress was on the set. Nigga, Jason Mitchell sexually harassed me verbally. And then when I went and told Lena, Lena said, oh, yeah, we already took care of that. It's fine. And then the whole time... Ended up going to HR and found out Lena hadn't took care of shit. And quit. The showrunner quit as well, nigga. So, Lena, how you got shots at Jason Mitchell when it seemed like you was part? Because they said all this got reported when old girl said I went to HR. They said, oh, nigga. Well, HR didn't tell me what happened. But, nigga, this got reported season one. The new showrunner season two ain't the first to bring it up. This got reported season one, my nigga. Y'all had to talk Tiffany, or I'm sorry, uh, 
Tiffany Boone, who played Jerrica, y'all had to talk her into coming back season two. Because she already reported that nigga being filed season one. None of this was new, my nigga. So, Lena, don't throw a shot at this nigga when you clearly live in a glass house, my nigga. Because you was part of covering this what shit up. What did Brandon do to anybody? Fam, because what did Brandon do? Not Jason Mitchell. What did Brandon... T- Lena, and it's funny because I said this last week when we were talking about them jumping right into Brandon dying and not showing us how he died, not even mentioning it. He was just dead and we was at his funeral. Lena, you ain't create Jason Mitchell, but you did create Brandon. That's your character. And whether you was fucking upset at how that shit ended or not, have respect for your character enough to be like, yo, we going to send them off right and send them off respectfully. Nigga, don't bring in Lala as Dominique talking shit on this nigga. Oh, he wasn't shit. Just because he dead don't make him an angel. Nigga, what did Brandon do but try to fucking get his life together, be with his girlfriend, and avenge his brother's death? Did I miss something, nigga? Because I felt real fucking stupid in that moment, dog. He definitely not no street nigga. He wasn't in a gang. He was trying not to be a drunk because his mom was. Like, the nigga had a, a lot of fucking future in front of him before all this shit happened and his character got killed off, nigga. I hated that scene, bro. I hated that whole fucking scene, man. So, wanted to shine some light on that. I thought it was cheap. It was a cheap shot. Y'all still haven't even told us what exactly happened to Brandon. If y'all leaving us to believe that him working with the cops is what got him killed, cool. But say that. Y'all ain't even said that, but y'all talking shit on the nigga. I hated that moment, dog. I hated it to the fucking core. So, anyway, they keep talking. Uh, Jacob Lattimore, keep eating. Emmett. He loved a fool. He was getting ready to leave. She was like, oh, you ain't going to try my peach cobbler. Everything Lala said to that nigga was a sexual innuendo, bro. Facts. You ain't going to eat my peach cobbler? I am going to eat your peach cobbler. And it was like, like, why they doing this? Nigga. And I'm like, Lala. Mellow. One, two words. Irreconcilable differences. Because <laughs> this is not going right. Mellow, get a crib in Portland and move your family up there. I feel like it's cheaper, nigga, to get that divorce. Feel like it might be, nigga. I don't it know. was something that was said that was like, hmm. Oh, it was a real life Lala reference. Mm. He said, "Damn, girl, you got me ready to risk, risk it risk all." It all. Yep. And everybody knows that famous picture. Yep. With Mello, Mello. Yep. looking at Rihanna with the with the yep. title says, "Ready to risk it all." So I thought that was. It was a slight. It was a slight. I thought that was interesting that they used that. But then what was funny, too, he said after that, damn, you got me ready to risk it all. That nigga was like, I mean, what I got to do to get you to come work for me? What I got to pumice your feet? I got to massage your scalp and hot oil your scalp. What I got to do? I got to eat your booty out. I showed you my dick already. Like, what I got to do? What, you want some of the dick? It was like. I was waiting for it. Like, come on. Pause. How? How did him going to find a chef to cook for the catering business get sexualized? My nigga. And that's why I'm saying, like, that's why we titling this, this episode Don't Cancel Us. Because don't get this twisted. This was not an indictment on LGBTQ. This was an indictment on the creative direction of this show, nigga. Because this moment with him and Lala was awkward and unnecessary, is bro. This, is, this, is this what Lena think uh, boys and girls decide they flirt? Yeah. <laughs> I know she don't know. You know what I'm saying? But hey, <laughs> like, hey that's your second one. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, pardon my cancellation, though. <laughs> but like, like she think this is how it goes? 
like this not how it go though. Dog, that was like a this is like the the um the banter of like a a, a sleazy porno movie. Yeah, and the so to that point, like the dialogue was rudimentary as fuck. It was very fucking it was just it was horrible. And then she like So you know how we used to, we talked about um insecure? Mm-hmm. We talking about how people were like sitting in moments, and it was silence, and then the the conversation back and forth. The writing it was, was kind of so dead, dead space, and like yeah, what the fuck happened? Like we go from great writing to this shit. I don't get it, bro. And Queen of Slim was so fucking good. I thought she was in her bag. Yeah, I right because that's her script. Like her script and and the direction of I can't think old girl's well, name. Pardon me right the now, script but of a white man, by the way, mm, that she adapted that she adapted to her shit. Yeah, yeah. um, but. No, Queen of Slim was phenomenal. I, I actually watched that again. I probably watched it like a couple weeks ago. I bought it. Yeah, I, I own it. I own it. And I watch it every chance I think about it. It's just a good-ass movie, man. I really enjoy it. And again, if y'all haven't, go listen to that Queen and Slim podcast. We killed that review. But this is not Queen and Slim level. And that's what I'm like, Lena, you're an Emmy Award-winning writer-director. This is not nudie and again this ain't season one my nigga the tone of this show has been established if your new showrunner came in there saying yo i want to flip shit you need to tell the showrunner hey this ain't the shot this ain't how this goes but don't like lean into it and be like all right well now this is a perfect chance for me to make this the gayest season ever because again this moment you can't hide this moment with emmett and dominique behind this being the gayest season ever this was bad writing my nigga this ain't got nothing to do with LGBTQ. This was bad writing, dog. And I I hated this scene. I thought this entire scene was awkward. It ended with Emmett or with her saying, Listen, man, if y'all don't write good TV shows and give us good content, we never going to get on TV. Fam. Because when I'm forced to come in here and tell you how I really feel about a trash product, Y'all niggas ain't gonna never hire me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I, I'm I'm overthinking that Courtney Kemp. After the last three years of us reviewing Power, I know Courtney Kemp ain't calling us no time soon, and that's fine because we were also the best podcast ever about Power. But just give us good content. That's it. Because again, the same way we used to talk to Courtney Kemp directly, Lena, we talking to you. The Shy has been our favorite, one of our favorite shows. Probably the last few years, I would go Snowfall, The Shy, Insecure. Insecure clearly jumped over the shy this year. And again, so you know what I started thinking? You remember Insecure season three, right? We hated the first four episodes. They wasn't it. They was slow. They was off. Timing was off. It felt like the chemistry was bad between the characters. The shy has 10 episode seasons. Plenty of time in these last eight episodes to pick it up and get back on track. I'm hoping that we do. But right now, you know what this feels like? It feels like... Keep uh, the camera on Kevin. It feels like Hollywood nepotism, right? And what I mean by that, nepotism is bringing up a family member or da da da, and you know, sort of entering them into wealth or into an opportunity that they haven't earned, right? I feel like that's what we're doing with uh, Lala. I feel like that's what we're doing with Candy Burris, who will be on the show later um, from Escape. She's going to be playing the estranged, separated wife of Duda. When he starts his mayoral campaign, he tries to put this family unit together. So it's him, Candy, and Jake and all the little pictures and shit looking like a family, which I think is going to be where the whole thing with Trig trying to get him back comes up. Like, can't have my fucking little brother as a marketing piece. But shit like that is where I'm like, 
Even the, the Dre character, like, I don't know Dre from a can of paint, that actress, but I feel like she's somebody who knew Lena personally. And because it feels like you injected her in here and all of a sudden you're trying to make her a mainstay. And it's like, yo, the previous... make her the man of the show. The previous... We're going to get to that in a minute. The previous woman who was married to Kevin and Keisha's mom who played the character Karen, fam, whenever she was on screen, she said a couple of words... A couple of times she was on screen and didn't say a word. And that was it. And you never tried to. That's why I'm thinking like this Dre, whatever that actress is, she got to know Lena for real. Or she a friend of a friend who know. Because, nigga, she forcing you to the front of this show. And it's like, fam, that character yeah, don't go, require We're going to go up in this. We're going to go up in the place. We're going to talk with some respect. Yeah, like. Get the fuck Come on, dog. Nigga, that's not even. Your, my daughter didn't even like you. Don't even. Come on, dog. She, my daughter is turning in her grave <laughs> knowing that you. Fam, and I, I thought about it too. Some we'll get to when we get to that point. But like to your point of her being the man of the show, um, well, I guess I could bring it up now because we on it. Another area for bad writing, dog, and, and just sort of bad direction. Jay, you a man. You a black man. You married and you got a black daughter. Your daughter went out to go see a nigga and ain't been home in a few days, ain't answering her phone, she missing. You track her phone and you see where it was at. You go down there as a man to go see where your daughter was at. Is your wife coming with you? No. Are you taking a gun or some mace? I'm definitely taking a blicky. Okay. And I bring that up. Not to say that... Taking the mace was bad, even though it was. You take a gun. You don't go to fucking Chicago Skid Row without a gun in the middle of the night. But okay, you took the mace. Cool. She was protecting herself in the way that she could. Cool. But the whole notion of Lena trying to make this character the man, she went by herself. And here's where I thought that was awkward. Because you aren't a man. You might be the dominant masculine one in the relationship, and that's fine. But you aren't a man. You're still a black woman. And a black woman. Like the ass, too. You're, you're you're not a, yeah you're not a big black woman you're a very small very dainty black woman you just are your black stepdaughter also a small dainty black woman got kidnapped from this area you going to i would imagine that you might bring your wife with you the mother of your stepdaughter in an effort to go down because I, I don't they've never in this moment i don't see kevin and keisha's mom saying Okay, babe, go down there by yourself and take some mace. I'm going to stay here. Nigga, her mom, she not going? Because y'all telling me that, okay, because she she's the... that shit on her own. Fam, she the masculine like, one. You went down there with mace. My, if, if, if I come back here, I'm going to kill myself. What you going to do, mace me to death? But that's where I'm like, y'all trying to force her to be a man on the show. Fam, a black woman going to look for a black woman by herself can't also potentially get snatched up. It was just bad, right? Because, like, nigga, that's dangerous too, dog. Dre, your ass could have got took from that same bus stop, my nigga. I, I just didn't like that whole shit. But we'll get more into, into detail on what happened there in a minute. Um, Let's let's wrap up Eminem Lala. So he lead a fucking house that she had. She like, where your kitchen? He like, come to this address at 10 p.m., but come by yourself. Again, we talking about a black woman that just got kidnapped in the main conflict of his show. You, a stranger that just showed her your dick on cue, you going to tell her to come somewhere at 10 o'clock at night by herself? That just seemed off. Like, the what y'all trying to tell me about black women in the show seems a little off. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, do that make sense? Like, yo, you would instruct her to come meet me, a black man, by herself at 10 p.m. at an address she ain't familiar with. But then on the flip side, you trying to tell me about black women being abducted in the same show? It just seemed crazy, dog. Like, what's what's the angles, my nigga? Because you angling weird as fuck right now, Lena. Oh, uh, what else happened on here, man? Um, Oh. Back to Jada's mom or Emmett's mom, Jada, real quick. She called the masseuse. He's a prostitute. He came over. He massaged her. She's moaning the entire... This was awkward as fuck, too. She's moaning the entire massage. She has no massage etiquette whatsoever. And then, I guess he hit a spot that got him on hard. She turned around and looked at his dick. Then looked up at him like, oh, you ready? He looked at her like, you ready? And then next thing we know, they fucking. Fam. You pay for your uh, lady to get a massage by a nigga? No. First of all, we're never doing any in-home massages. That's just not happening. It's a few things. Y'all can call it sexist. Call it what you want. It's a few things that I'm not comfortable with my lady doing, and I never have been. Not comfortable with my lady getting an in-home massage from a nigga or a girl. Because my best friend is a lesbian, and I know how fucking dare steal your bitch, nigga. Nope. (laughs) Not playing that game. Um, another thing I'm not comfortable with my lady doing, male personal trainer. Not because I'm worried about my girl, because I know too many male personal trainers that <laughs> they fucking clients, nigga. I know a bunch of them, And too. I ain't going to sit here and name y'all niggas, but you know who you are. Y'all fucking all the clients you can, nigga. I'm like, damn, that nigga ain't got one dude on the... This <laughs> all women, nigga. Y'all at the track every day? <laughs> you ain't you ain't never at home with your wife? Damn, nigga. Why your wife ain't at the track? Black women matter. <laughs> BWM? <laughs> Hashtag BWM. But uh yeah, I'm not comfortable with the male personal trainer shit. And you definitely not getting an in-home massage by yourself with a dude, nigga. If we getting in-home massages, we right next to each other on them tables. Your hand right near mine, nigga. We touching back knuckles, nigga. Five on the black hand side, real quick. And we both getting massaged, and it ain't going to be a dude rubbing all by your ass crack, nigga. That's just not happening. What about you? You would do that shit? I-S-T-B-U. <laughs> Put that shit in your Apple Music. Uh, I'll be seeing them videos online yeah. of nigga. Hey. I know a couple of them niggas in Detroit who do them freaky massages, too. I shoot this bitch up. Fam, do you know you, you too, can get kidnapped? It's not just Keisha. You, too, can get kidnapped from the house, nigga. We do that. We do. You not just rubbing my lady butt, bro. <laughs> like, fam, that nigga had his thumb all. And I've given, like, I think I give a pretty good massage. I ain't never been all up in the ass crack with my thumb unless I was trying to get up in the ass crack with my <laughs> thumb, nigga. <laughs> like, come on, bro. So Emmett, mom's fucked the nigga. Again, totally against character. Like, that just seemed like, damn, because you had a bad speed dating experience, you would get a masseuse some that was recommended by your son's baby mom? By a kid who re- who recommended another kid? A kid recommended, because all these niggas is no older than 21. We timeline Emmett every week, and it feel like, yeah, 2021 is about to age. So you will let your son's 20-ish-year-old baby moms recommend his 20-ish-year-old schoolmate to come prostitute with you, who you can imagine probably fucked her too. That's just crazy. She got the card. She had the card at the top of her purse. Fam, your mom ever gave you something out the purse? 
Has she ever in her life reached in a purse and instantly grabbed whatever she was giving you, dog? Nigga, in the history of black mama, black women purses, nobody has ever reached in there and grabbed exactly what they was looking for. Just period. It's not, it, it'll never happen, dog. But whatever, she fucked him. And then when he was packing up and leaving, he come out the front door and here come Emmett with EJ, taking EJ to go see grandma real quick. EJ see him, he was like, I don't remember that nigga name. Uh, Jerome? Nigga like, oh shit, Emmett, what's good, nigga? Yeah, these niggas kick it. Long story short, niggas find out he didn't fuck his moms. Because I guess, you know, because Emmett has a reputation yeah, yeah. in the neighborhood. He like, look, nigga. He like, nigga, you need to get down. Do it and get paid. You can get paid. And you're like, um, you coming out of a clown house? Yeah, nigga, second floor. Second floor. That nigga said, wait, my mama live on the second floor. Which apartment? 2B, nigga. <laughs> and my man just took off. That nigga Sway dipped, dog. I respect that. It's the remix, Sway. God. I, I respect that. No, he, he had to get the fuck on. Because you knew you was finna get your ass beat, bro. I've been like, oh, no, 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 no. Not 2B, 2C. 2C. Fam. And even if Emmett was like, wait, I don't think it's a lady in 2C. But you don't know for sure, because you don't live there, nigga. But don't just tell me that you just fucked my mom's. God damn, dog. So Emmett went up there, Febreze their whole house. Uh, I'm like, was you trying to disinfect or did it stink in that motherfucker? I don't know. <laughs> Jade ain't opened up that coochie in a while, nigga. It could have been, you know, yeah, whatever, nigga. But again, more awkward, unnecessary shit. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Trig for a minute. Trig and uh, Imani. So when we first see them, Imani is giving this nigga the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life. Um, I posted a picture in the thread. Uh, go on Facebook if you haven't seen it. I might post it on the gram as well. The way she was holding the clippers let me know she ain't really cutting hair at all. Y'all couldn't even get whoever was get whoever was Lala hands to hold these clippers, nigga. Go get beamed up. For anybody, dog. This shit looks so awkward. But she cutting this nigga uh, trig hair. And it was a nice little moment between a nigga and his girl. You let your girl cut your hair? Well, you bald. So she have shave your shit. You let your girl shave your head? Um, uh, you let a girl cut your shit? I used to have a female barber. Oh, no, no, no. I mean your girl. Yeah. No, I used to have a female barber, too. Had a few of them, but. Uh, I don't know. That's a lot of trust with a razor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean your shit. girl, not a girl. Um, I, I shave my shit with an actual razor, not yeah. like uh, some clippers. Yeah, I've seen color purple too many times. I know where this can go, nigga. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna shave me with a razor ever. But you also not gonna cut my hair. I remember during COVID, my girl used to be like, ah, I cut. Even right now, with my hand fucked up, like I'll be like, you know what? Three of my fingers work real, real good. I can still hit my line. That's some trust shit. I That's, mean, it is. It depends on the lady. I'm just particular about my cuts and what I like, and I know how to cut my own hair too. So. Definitely not lining me up, but you can like, you know, maybe, I don't know. One of my dogs uh, during COVID, when shit was shut down, I was mad at him for not having any clippers of his own. Like his girl posted like, went and bought base some clippers and some liners and she cut his hair. I was mad at him as a black man for not having no liners, but she cut his hair all even around the side and lined his beard. And I was like, that ain't even looked that bad. Like she made that nigga look respectable during the COVID. So I was like... But you know, how credible the girl is. But Imani, Trig girl, apparently was a barber because she said last week, I can do the, I can cut hair out the kitchen. You can do your card games in the front, and we'll be good. She did not cut this nigga hair for shit. But um once she finished the cut, sat, straddled that nigga, they start making out, they was going at it. All right, pause. All right. Thoughts on Luke James. 
dedicated actor. That's all I got for him. Is he in his acting bag? You gotta be. Or is he in his uh, Omar bag? So it's weird because I thought about that. Um, Side note, and I have before you jump out there. Well, not jump out there. Yeah, Michael K. Williams uh, on a Hot ninety seven interview that I seen myself. Yeah. Who they asked him about his sexuality? Yeah, say he doesn't like to talk about it, mm. but then went on to say that he's experienced. He is he is explored he with explored men. All the, he he said that shit so vaguely, but you yeah. got to under. Oh, like oh, 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 okay. And here's the other thing too: niggas ain't talking to Omar crazy. So if he say he explored with men, then damn it, that nigga explored with men, and you gonna move right? Because even in non Omar. Michael K. Williams just looks like the most dangerous nigga from Brooklyn ever, nigga. That scar is really effective to me, nigga. But to Luke James's point, and it's kind of funny because I had another Omar angle when, because again, I was having this discussion last night. Oh, too many people. They weren't saying me, but they were saying too many people got a problem with the gay stuff on this show. Y'all niggas is homophobic and people are homophobic, da, da, da. I said, wait a minute, because one of the greatest TV characters of all time Omar from The Wire is gay. And we don't have, we don't. There mind. was never a problem. Omar used to lay up with his boo. He used to rub their hair and talk about killing niggas and stealing drugs, nigga. It was a beautiful thing to watch. He was still niggas' favorite character. Enjoyed every fucking second of it. Never had a problem with none of his boyfriends. It was just, it was what it was, dog. Here's my thing, though. It wasn't disruptive to what The Wire was about. And that's where I'm like, I don't give a fuck who you bring on the show, what new characters you develop, if they are gay, if they are out, if they are dating a trans woman, all that shit. That is perfectly fine. Don't make it disruptive and don't make it random where it feels like it sticks out like a sore thumb. Omar never stuck out like a sore thumb. Niggas heard Omar name and was like, you ain't think, oh, here come gay ass Omar. It was somebody finna get killed. Yeah. And it was just, so it ain't about there being gay characters on the show, nigga. It's about the way you handle it. And I just wanted to throw that out because I did think about The Wire last night when prepping for the pod. Uh, back to Luke James. I think he's in his acting bag. I don't know Luke James to be dating nobody. I don't know if he like men, women, both, other. I don't know what he explored. I don't know how he living. But I think he in like some, you know what? I, this is a big role for me. Let me take it. And that nigga took it. And he seemed like he all in. <laughs> <laughs> he took it <laughs> hashtag don't cancel us will be featured a lot in the description and the the comments in this show but um part my cancel so they uh they start making out and shit and then i don't know how the combo turned into like from making out cutting my hair to so have you talked to jake and it was like man we was finna get down like what why you stopped this oh my God. we was popping but the nigga was like Nah, but I'm gonna figure it out. Da da da. And he got up and kind of walked away with the trash. I guess she had just put his hair in there or some shit. And she was like, "So why are you walking away from it?" She got mad aggressive with this nigga. Why are you walking away from this conversation? Snatched the trash bag, threw it out the window. I'm like, okay, you're littering, but whatever. I guess ain't a show about pollution, nigga. But then she like, well, what happened? And I don't know how we went from talking to Jake to talking about his backstory, but I did appreciate what they tried to put in here. It felt off how we got here, but I liked the moment. The nigga talked about his dad, used to work for the mayor. They used to live in Cabrini Green. Long story short, once they started tearing Cabrini Green up and moving residents out and telling them, promising them, because this really happened, promising them that we was going to make this a better, cleaner, safer projects, 
only to tear Cabrini Green down and, and never bring it back. And a lot of people got left homeless or moved into other projects. Um, he said his mayor told or his dad told the mayor, yo, I know I'm just a fucking janitor around this bitch, but I don't like what you're doing over at Cabrini Green. And the mayor fired him. The dad started fucking getting in these streets, left home, never came back. And that's how their story became what it was. He was apparently the oldest. He was older than Reggie. He said Reggie was born. By that time, my mom was hanging with the dope dealers and shit. And then by the time Jake was born, I was one foot out the door headed to Kankakee. Again, I appreciated the historical part of this moment, talking about Cabrini Green. I wish that that was something that Reggie would have told us before. And the reason I say that is because, again, the actor Barton Fitzpatrick, who plays Reggie, is from Chicago. Luke delivering that didn't have the soul that I was looking for. And like the real, because my niggas who from Chicago, Cabrini Green really means something. Even if they ain't littered. That, that was a part of their life growing up, nigga. So I wish that Reggie would have delivered that a year or two ago, but whatever. But cool, they gave us a little background and a little history. I appreciated that moment. But then instead of diving into that moment or maybe talking about like what's the plan to get Jake, Imani just goes, all right, well, get dressed. We going out. Huh? That what's, what's the occasion? Nigga, I'm the occasion. Nigga, I'm the occasion. <laughs> I didn't like how she said occasion. That just, by, it made me feel like my TV paused. Nigga, I said, oh, what the fuck is going on with Comcast? Nigga, I'm the occasion. I was like, all right, well, I guess y'all going out. So we know where they went. They went to a gay bar. Hearing some live music. I got all type of problems with this scene. All right. So the scene starts out with uh, another trans woman on stage singing a song. She's singing. Song was jamming. It was smooth as fuck. Had a little band to her. I think I went to the, I went to the uh, kitchen to get some water. I came back and looked at my screen. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But it was it was kind of it jumped right into the scene. We ain't again. We just we just kind of landed here. But the woman is on stage. She's singing. She jamming. Smooth ass little song she got going on. And then we see Luke Trigg at the bar, finished his drink, told the bartender, I need another one. If you panned around in this moment, because they showed the woman singing and then kind of panned the camera all over the bar. If you were looking enough, you could tell or maybe piece together it was a gay bar. So they show Luke. He at the bar. He say, hey, can I get another drink? Bartender said, I got you. And then from the other side of the bar, a gay man, he goes, I got it. And Luke was like, nah, I'm cool. Thank you. Like something like that. That ain't exactly what he said. We told the nigga, I'm cool. You ain't got to get my drink, nigga. And then dog took the no as a reason to walk from the other side of the bar over to Trig. Came to the other side of the bar, approached Trig, got in his space and said, so you, you looking? You, you know where you at? No, no, no. He, first he asked him, so you looking? And that nigga Trig said, look for what? That nigga was like, a man, and he was like, nah, I'm cool, I ain't like that. Dog says, like what? Trig was like, I don't like niggas. He was like... He said, I'm not like you. Yeah, and he was like, well, you know where you at, right? He was like, I'm at a bar. He was like, no, you at a gay bar. Let's stop right there. I've been, have you ever been in a gay bar? No. I've been in a gay bar. I've, I've been with friends, I've been with family. Um, I've been in a gay bar... I've been in multiple games. I, I, I take that back. Yeah. I actually went to one by mistake uh, a couple two years ago downtown. Used to be Tom's Oyster Bar. Okay. Now it's um, 
whatever, whatever it is now. Yeah, right off Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. And one of my homegirl Judy, shout out to Judy. Uh, the was, homie, what up? She was like, she said something about she was on Sunday or some shit. But on there, so me and me and a young lady, we walk up in there. They yeah. had like a sign that said like two dollar shots or some shit yeah. like that. We walk in there and we walked in. There. It's one late night and um, it's probably like four people in there. Okay. Um, she walks in, goes to the bathroom. I'm sitting around and I'm looking around I'm like oh, two over there, two one over there. And uh, when she come in, we get to the bar, and then dude come across the uh, from the bar. He you know he's flaming. Yeah, yeah. And only reason I use that word because when he came out, <laughs> the drink that he gave was called was called like flaming cocks or some shit like it. It was like flaming. I was like, oh, this is not flaming cocks. Yeah, on the rocks. <laughs> it was like it was like the drink was called flaming something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was like shots of very apparent what they was doing there. I was like. Oh, so we got our shots and bounced the fuck up. And apparently, like, so we was about to go upstairs, and you can hear there was a party upstairs on that rooftop shit. Yeah. Glad we didn't go upstairs. Um, I lived in Atlanta for a decade. Uh, between friends I met, family that I have down there, and uh colleagues that I did get close with outside of work. You're gonna be invited to a bar. What I will say, most of them never told me off top it was a gay bar. Which was conversations that I had later. Yo, not even like, yo, nigga, don't be inviting me to a gay bar. But yo, fam, you can tell me that it's a gay bar. I'm not a biased, judgy. Nigga, I know you're gay. <laughs> like, if you invite me to the bar, you can say, yo, it's a gay bar in Midtown. Most of the bars in Midtown are gay bars. Like, it's not, again, Midtown is kind of, some spots aren't dedicated to LGBTQ communities. Some are specific. They got the flags and the fucking staff letting you know off top. You can tell me where I'm going. Don't be ashamed of who you are, bro. Like, I'm going to come regardless. I'm not that nigga. I don't care. I just don't give a fuck. So I've been to them bars, and I say that because, to Trigg's point, just because I'm here does not mean I want you to holla at me. This seems all type of fucking problematic, and I don't give it a is. fuck if it it's is. male, female, yep. Yep. transgender, all gender. I don't give a fuck what it is. If a motherfucker is somewhere and they say no, it nope. mean no. Oh, why the fuck you come on this nigga house at three o'clock in the morning if you wasn't trying to fuck? Fam, you know where you at, right? I'm at a bar. D nigga, when I look this shit up in the motherfucking yellow pages, it don't say gays only bar. It says the bar, nigga. But what I'm me being at this bar don't mean you can get at me. When bro. I rebuff you, let's say you can. It's yeah. a free country. You can attempt to do whatever you want to do. Whatever. Yep. You can attempt to a proposition anybody. When somebody tell you no, the nope. answer is fucking no. Fam, I wrote you on Twitter and I mean it right now. No still means no when I tell you no. Even if I'm a man and you a man and we in a gay bar, like nigga, I get it. A nigga might try to get on a chick. Hit her with a line or some shit like that. It don't work, and he continues to try. You can't then tell that woman like, "Nigga, you know where you at? It's a motherfucking singles bar, bitch." You do like you can't do that. Fan, have you ever been to like a singles event? Yes. Have you ever tried to holler at somebody at a singles event and they want to holler at you? No, <laughs> I have. I have. And it wasn't because they didn't want to holler. It was because they weren't single. They was at the event supporting somebody who put the event on. <laughs> Nigga, everybody there don't want to fuck you. And the reason I bring this, the problematic part that I have with the scene up, let's flip this to a quote straight bar. And I hate, I hate gay bar, straight bar. Fam, you at the bar. Cool. But let's, let's, let's flip it. 
This is a now straight bar. Trig ain't Luke James. It's a woman. Any woman. Pick a woman. It could be fucking Lena Wade. And a man is on the other side of the bar and he says, I take care of that drink. And she says, no, I'm good, but thank you. And then he walks up on her. Now he didn't came from the other side of the bar, walked up on her and says, so is you looking? And she like, looking for, for what? what? Nigga, this dick. this dick. Nigga, you look for a man? You looking to fuck? And she like, uh, no. I'm not, I didn't come here for I that. I ain't come here for that. And he say, you know where you at? You know where you at? And she like, a bar. And he like, bitch, you at the bar where I be fucking bitches. You and know what? Like, this is what the fuck I hate. I hate when you hoes come and out then here he just starts looking all good. Y'all hoes come out here wearing your little sheer outfit and your dresses and your tight little freakum dress. And now and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If so any say, nigga so said that to a woman. So let's just say all that shit happened. And the man yelling at the woman and shit like that. And then her boyfriend comes in and was like, yo, what's up? Apologize yeah. to that man who was just cussing Fam. you the fuck out. I, literally. And that what? was my problem with this scene. Because I obviously it's clear what Lena was trying to show. But there was a way more creative way what to show. What was she trying it. to show? She was trying to show when dudes have issues with gay men and how they beef. The reason what or the issue was the way she handled it. She handled it wrong. You didn't know. You did not show me that. You showed me an overly aggressive person attacking somebody who said they wasn't interested. Exactly. I didn't say I didn't I didn't say I didn't want to be interested. Insert slur here or this. He said, No, I'm straight. No, I'm good. Nah, I'm straight, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'm straight. No, I'm we straight. may change the name of this episode to No, I'm straight. It's between that and don't like cancel he ain't us. never say nothing wild Fam, out the way. He literally just said, Now, nah, I'm good. Now, when another man, because he was a man, and that was the next point I was bringing aggressively up. walks up the fuck to me after you didn't spew some hate. Nigga, I'm gonna put my fucking hands on you because I'm not about to let you attack me. Because look, again. If this were a woman and an aggressive man approached her and came up and kind of ignored the nose and kept questioning her and da-da-da, and that woman, hey, again, no pun, but pulled out some mace and sprayed that nigga because you know what? You a little too close. You talking a little loud. And you just came at me talking about the clothes I'm wearing and the way I come up in here and da-da-da. Y'all all be acting all hard, but be the main ones bent over grabbing your ankle. You talking to me crazy. So if a woman pulled some mace out and maced that nigga in his motherfucking face, her boyfriend wouldn't have came up and said apologize to that man. That's toxic shit, fam. Nigga told I did you, not like how they did this, dog. Like, if anything, you show me that that, that community is not as open They're not accepting. accepting of me. Whoa. That's not what you... Like, I, 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 I don't understand what you were trying to get across because whatever you thought you was getting across, you got the exact opposite. Yeah. Because you showed me a very over-aggressive gay man who wasn't cool with the man and then saying, the victim, that's not me. The victim in this situation got then got reprimanded. We victim-shamed him. And then you try to make him a, make him apologize. But then beyond the apology, so the, the uh, Imani walks up, breaks up the fuck. Because Luke had yoked him up, right? Yoked that nigga up, threw him against the bar. Because again, this is you gay, a man. gay or straight, nigga, this is a man versus a man. And you just disrespecting me as a man. Eventually, if you come at a man too aggressively, you're telling that man, nigga, you be the main one bent over grabbing your ankle, he might yoke you up and throw your ass against the I'm bar. I'm about to wait to get attacked. You're, and you're also not finna talk to me like you lost your motherfucking mind. But okay. So Imani comes up and she says, what the hell is going on here? And da, da, da. I'd be and like, she, this motherfucker won't take no for no. Damn, this nigga just came at me. I told him I'm not gay. Like, I'm just here drinking my drink. Gay or straight? I damn. said no. I wasn't talking to this. I told this nigga nothing before he came at me trying to buy me another drink. Once I said no, combo over. Now you didn't approach me. I wasn't in your space. You came in mine. 
nigga. And that's my thing, dog. Like, again, my issue is not including gays and I was, trans women on this show. I was irritated by the scene is because what I the visceral reaction I felt and then what you told me what should be our reaction. That's not it don't match. I'm not fucking apologizing. I'm not apologizing for telling anyone no. And them not accepting no as no. And then getting aggressive with me and walking up to me, putting their fingers in my face, talking about, I'm going to have you be Like, no, you threatening the me? The same way that I said it was still dangerous for Dre to go out there by herself, knowing Keisha had probably been kidnapped. Because at the end of the day, as masculine as you are, you're still a woman. In this situation, I don't care how gay dog it, you're still a man. And you just came at another man really fucking wild and aggressive. Nah, fam. And I'd be damn... What no apologies happening, bro? You apologized to me. You supposed to, matter of fact, you supposed to step in and handle that shit. Funny. I was waiting on the bartender to be like, "Nah, he came at your man kind of wrong. Like he came across the bar, like so anything." But it was all like, "No, you just pointed this whole shit at Luke," and it was just like, "Nah." I didn't really know what they expect. Like in that situation, how was he supposed to react? What was he supposed to do? I missed it, nigga. No means no. Help me. No means no. Even when. You're gay and I'm not, nigga. Even when you're gay and I'm gay, nigga. Like, no is no, nigga. Ain't this gay? It is um, LGBTQ month? Pride month? Yeah, Pride month. Yep. This is the end of Pride month. Happy Pride, y'all. Tomorrow, this, last day. This don't, this not inclusive. Nigga, that was definitely fucking not Luke's fault or Trigg's fault. Sorry, pardon, bro. Pardon my cancellation. Yeah, but yeah, That shit was fucked up. Yeah, no, you can't come at me and then think because I'm in the gay bar. Fam, what if the gay bar was the only bar open and I wanted a drink? And so I came in. This. Well, and also, the, the idea of that is like, oh, shit, I know you, but you got a, a tight shirt on, sweetheart. You got a, a short mini skirt fam, on. You must wanted to get. What was funny was that nigga said, y'all come in here with your muscle shirts and your snapbacks. Luke James had on the most loose button up I ever seen in my life. That nigga's shirt wasn't. He, he basically told him, nigga, you was asking for me to holler at you. Asking for rape. How was I asking for it? That's what I That's what I felt. When I was literally on the side of the bar by myself, drinking, waiting on my girl to come out from the bathroom. And oh, by the way, I know you saw me walking here with a girl who, if you want to fucking question my intentions, is trans. You know what? You know what? You, you know don't what, respect trans? You know what I don't like, though? Hmm. Pardon my cancellation. Mm -hmm. She said... He was like, yo, when I see you, I see a woman. I'm not gay. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, you can't love me and hate them. Yeah. Yeah. Because y'all the same. Because he just got into it with a man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know you're a trans. Like, is that what you're trying? But here was my issue Uh, before. That's a question. Not a statement. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. But my issue with that wasn't because are you telling me y'all the same? Like, I don't know if you, I don't know what's going on. Da, da, da. Cool. My issue with you can't love me and hate him was, fam, I didn't hate him. That nigga just came up on me crazy, dog. Like, baby girl, you just helped me fucking uh, rob a nigga for a briefcase. You walked by him to distract him while I put a gun in his head and took his briefcase the other day. You're clearly aware, aware that when we first got here, I set up the leader of these two dominant gangs in Chicago and shot one of them dead in his motherfucking head for killing my brother Reggie. You're aware of all of this. So you clearly know that if a nigga come at me too aggressive, gay or straight, I don't give a fuck what he is. I'm ready to scrap. I killed a nigga. I don't hate gay people, nigga. I hate the way he just ran up on me. It was wild. So I just, and again, if you were trying to make it where he showed disdain for gay men, 
but was trying to show that he loved his trans girlfriend and didn't see her like a gay he man. Failed at that you didn't do that well because all you did was show me an aggressive gay man. And for all the homophobes out there, you probably just made them think. See, this is what we talk Yeah, and it's like, yo, nigga. And I know that all gay men don't act like that man at the bar, but it was just such a very fucking presumptive, like, like Luke was supposed to be cool just because we was in a gay bar. I just, I hated the way they handled that scene, and I hated the post discussion him and Imani had outside the bar. Shit was whack. But then, let me tell you what else I hated that got handled off screen. Whenever the fuck they made up, because they had that argument and then she turned and walked off. She didn't leave and go home with that nigga. But the next time we see Luke or Trig any money is when they pulled up on Jake at the fucking uh, pizza shop at Perry's Pizza where Jake, Kevin, and Papa work. And Imani was just in the truck listening to Jake and Trig talk. And it was like, oh, it's all good now. Like, Lena, if you was trying to show me the relationship between this man and this trans woman, you probably should have shown me how they made it through that situation. Like, what was that convo like? This editing mistakes. It was just weird. Because I'm like, that's the important part. Like, yo, maybe he's never dated a trans woman before and never had to be a part of her. Because you going to have to incorporate yourself or ingratiate yourself in her community. Why the fuck y'all out anyway? Which is what he said. Yeah, yeah. I just killed the leader of a gang, nigga. Fuck him out and about in the streets, for. Nigga, and so back to my point about making it part of the show. Okay, you wanted to bring on a trans actress? You did. And she even said, uh, funny, in her quote to James Corden where she said, this will be the gayest season ever, she also mentioned, we're introducing the first trans character, uh, trans woman character on this show this season. And she goes, we tried hard not to focus on the fact that she's trans. Really? So I was like, okay, we just had now a you, whole. Now you did in Queen and Slim. It wasn't. Yeah, even... yeah. They didn't even mention that that they was did, that they... India Moore was trans in Queen and Slim. They man. didn't mention if it was a trans woman playing an actual woman or was she playing trans in that. Yeah, it didn't mention. Didn't say it. a word. They didn't... just let India Moore be in in the movie. And that's how it's. Sh- and that so here's a convo that I was trying to have yesterday. Um and if if you're a part of the LGBTQ community, chime in, feel free, because this is a genuine question. Do you want more inclusion? Because I know black people talk about inclusion a lot, right? So if you're if you're LGBTQ, is it inclusion to the point that, yo, I want to be considered for the same role that a straight person or a non-trans person would be considered for. Right. Or is it inclusion that I want to be on this show and I want y'all to focus on the fact that I'm LGBTQ? Mm. What's the the angle? Because last week, until people started saying it after the show, I didn't know Imani was trans. I had no clue. I never looked at her and thought, I said, yeah, she got a chiseled jawbone, but it's women out here with chiseled jawbone. I never looked at that before people started saying, yeah, that's a man or a trans woman. I never looked and said, is that a dude? I ain't even question it. To me, that's inclusion. But I'm not LGBTQ, so I don't know what the inclusion looks like and what they really uh, want from that. Because I'm like... Well, if you want more transgender roles, mm-hmm. not me, a transgender woman, taking the place of a, a biological woman. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, but yeah. just I want to roll as an actual trans... Yeah. And that's not inclusion. That's something different. Mm. including goes with the quote-unquote yeah. status quo i want placement and and that's, and that's not wrong no not at it's all. just a different 
wording. Whole show about it. Pose on FX and also on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Great show. I fucking love it. I just finished season two. I enjoy Pose. Phenomenal. India Moore, the one from uh, Queen and Slim. She that's where she became. At least that's where I got to know her and from Pose. Great fucking show. Well written. Ryan Murphy doing his thing. Um, but I really asked that question because again, to the same point of normalizing LGBTQ on TV shows and in films and all that. Yo, we was just in a gay bar. Y'all never had to tell me it was a gay bar. Y'all never had to say, uh, nigga, I could tell from the the trans woman that was performing to some of the people standing around the bar. Context clues, man. Context clues were there, and y'all never needed to say a word. Luke and uh, Trig and Imani could have had a good night at the bar. There didn't need to be a conflict, is what I'm saying. It it didn't have to be a giant. So let's just say he would, oh, oh, boy. Would have came over, mm-hmm. tried to get on, and he was like, "No," and he would have just like whispered some shit and like, yeah, yeah. I "Can't stand when niggas, straight niggas come here and move the fuck on." That'd be more realistic, fam. Unless you're trying, trying to tell me that this is they know they they really get really upset. And or if you had him try to holler at Luke Trig, Trig said, "No, I'm cool." And when Imani came back, that nigga said. Dog, I hate when these motherfuckers be trying to holler at me in here. I'm that's a better. Gay. That's a that's, better. That's what I'm saying. That's like when I'm better. thinking fucking conflict, don't give me the aggressive gay man trying to holler. Give me Luke having because Luke never had a problem with him being gay. He had a problem with the nigga coming over after he said no, nigga. Well, he might have had. A he might have had a problem. He was like, I ain't gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that came eventually. Yeah. But if it was, if but the hate and disdain was really point, there, if, yeah. If he would have made that comment, man, I hate. I hate that's when the, these niggas be. That's trying the to time you me. educate. And it comes across like that. That's when the statement "you can't hate him and love me" comes in. makes perfect sense, yeah. dog. And, and that's what like, I'm saying, dog. Mm, there's a moment there, like fam. Mm. And that if she wanted to storm off and he just kind of sit there with the eat ass face, because now you feel stupid, nigga. It would have made so much sense, and it would have been so much better delivered. That man, that gay man who approached him, still could have been in the scene. You still could have included someone because you're trying to make it the gay. But you want me to come help you write your show? Fam, it's so many better ways that things could have been been given to us. The to culture prove can the help point, you dog. since y'all doing it for the culture. We My can nigga, help. yo, Lala, you want to do it for the culture? Let me write every line that you have moving forward, cause nigga, them wasn't it. Um, so then, man, let's get to uh, <laughs> Kevin. And- Unfortunately, with this Kevin story, we got to tie in our least favorite Ronnie dog. Huh? <sighs> so. Kevin on a quest all day looking for his girl. Oh, uh, real quick. Let's wrap up with Trig because we just mentioned it. Trig pulled up on Jake. Jake, again, goes to school with Kevin now. He in a private school, too. Lives at Dude I Crib. Dude I custom the fuck out by wearing shoes in there, which I thought. Wearing rubber sneakers on hardwood floors. But as Dude I had dress shoes on and Big Mike had on Tim's. But the. Tim's got a rubber bottom too, but still. But the Jordan 1s. The Jordan 1s is a rubber bottom, bro. They're not ruining your hardwood floor. The basketball rolling across the floor had more to do. Your hardwood shoes are. Your dress shoes you wear. But what I will say is, I agree with you. The focus should be more on the kids, Kevin, Papa, Jake, and Keisha. That should be your primary focus. Secondary focus should be Duda. And here's why. Because I think the actor that plays him is probably one of the stronger actors left on the show. I like that nigga. In general, he's a good actor. On this show, it shit is shit to me. You think? Yeah. I don't not, know. Well, I not, love. It's mediocre because of 
He said you dead. All the all the places he have them in, like it. Be- I hate that, but like I love when that nigga snaps out of nowhere. That nigga said. He pulled that off great every time, nigga. Cause season two when he was snapping on Reg, nigga, dog. But this episode, that nigga walked in. Jake had the shoes on. That nigga said, "Do you want to stay with me, or do you want to go live with your brother Trig?" That nigga said, "Trig dead." He was like, "No, nah, I don't think he is, cause he came looking for you. He said he want to have you come live with him. So you want to live with me, or you want to live here?" That nigga said, "I want to live with you, dude. I he dead to me." That nigga said, "Well, take your fucking shoes off when you walk in my house." I said, "Oh shit." Nigga, I jumped a little bit. I said, oh, this nigga do that ill, nigga. Um, something I noticed he was doing in that scene, by the way, as Jake's walking in, he's telling Big Mike, who used to be with Reggie, who used to protect your lieutenant now. Trice, he said, or Trice, not Trice. Hey, Trice, it's my girl. Uh, that nigga said, Big Mike, you a lieutenant now. That shit like that can't happen again. You need to watch out for this trig, nigga, because I got a feeling he going to be a problem. So, okay, Big Mike then stepped. Every time one of the leaders get killed, here come a new nigga. Duda, because Duda got to stay off the street. That's their whole thing. They call it the company, not even 63rd Street. It's the company, nigga. And at the top of the food chain is Duda, man. So Duda told Jake, yo, don't wear your shoes in my... Bitch, don't wear no shoes in my house, nigga. Hit him with the Roddy Rich. And uh, then we see Jake, Papa, Kevin. They all work at Perry's Pizza. Thought they was like 14 entering high school, but maybe they 15 or maybe dude, I don't give a fuck about y'all niggas having a work permit. Fuck it. Work here. So they in there, they working. Somebody came and told Jake, you got a visitor. He went outside. It was Trig. They had a little convo. This is where, again, the story in the timeline just got off. Nigga, Trig said, you remember me? Nigga, Jake nodded. Yeah. Nigga said, you know, I I know you you don't remember much about me, but I've been around like I was there. That nigga said, nigga, when? When you and your friends was little, I used to take y'all to Six Flags every summer. Nigga, huh? How? How? Nigga, Jake and them ain't older than 15. That's a fact. They just not. You telling me that you was taking them to Six Flags, they clearly wasn't babies. She was taking them to Six Flags when they was old enough. Five years ago? Yeah, you talking about, oh, y'all wasn't tall enough yet to get on the, the Viper, but now look at you. You were almost taller than me. So, okay, this is maybe five, six years ago. Fam, he don't remember nothing about you at all. Like, he don't know you at all. You was never mentioned. It's just bad writing, dog. Like, I I expect a little bit more from Lena than what we got through these first two episodes. But the whole thing here, Trig did ask that nigga, yo, if you want me to leave, just tell me to leave. I'm going to take Reggie G-Wagon and I'm going to go back to Kankakee. And the nigga Jake was like, you ain't got to leave, bro. Like, maybe we can get to know each other a little bit more. But... Nigga, baby steps. You talking about coming to live with you and shit. That I don't know you. I don't give a fuck when you used to take me to Six Flags. I don't know you, nigga. So, cool. We got a little something there, Jake or Trig. You can get to know this nigga, Jake. And you ain't got to fucking snatch him from dude I. I did think it was kind of sloppy that he told the mom last week, yo, tomorrow I need you to go to court and tell them you want custody back so you can turn it over to me. And we ain't get no more word on that. Like, did she go off? Did she shoot up? Did she, like, get strung out again? Like, what's going on with mom? So now we got Kevin, dog. Kevin spent the whole day or the whole couple days looking for Keisha. Had the convo on the porch with Jake. Even said, like, yo, what if she got kidnapped? What if she did? Jake said, man, she ain't dead. As a nigga who lost a sibling, I wouldn't wish that on nobody. Again, more moments where y'all just mentioning Reggie casually like he wasn't a main nigga on this show. Jake don't seem like the type of nigga that's going to say sibling either, by the way. <laughs> Facts. 
Facts. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the private school turning them out on the fucking lingo. But uh, the nigga um Kevin did find out. He asked Jake, "Yo, I heard Keisha was supposed to be going to see her new boyfriend named Nook. He a member of the sixty third, according to Malaysia. Like maybe you can ask Big Mike for his address." We don't see Jake do that, but Jake told that nigga uh, when they was at work later, hey, I got that address for you. I know where Nook stay. Said, we're going to go over there That's later. That's just wild. That's not a plan, dog. No, I mean, it's just wild that the lieutenant is going to give a nigga an address. Also, nigga, I don't know. I just, yeah. It ain't enough. It, I mean, I don't. It's, I mean, it's I'll be wild. perfectly honest. I don't give a fuck enough about this shit to even go into detail about it because I don't think these slits gonna be flushed out anyway. So the nigga fucking uh, told Kevin, "Yo, I got. I know where Nook stay." Kevin, like, I right, bet we going over there later tonight. Papa say, "I ain't going nowhere, nigga. I can't fight." I keep telling Shout you, to I Papa, dog. Shout to Papa, man. He's the only lighthearted moment that we need. All them other little jokes and shit they was throwing in there and little comedy, comedic relief. We ain't need all that shit. Papa say, yo, I can't fight, dog. That nigga Jake said, man, fuck that. We all going, dog. Papa was like, all right, I'm going to go. But if they got a pit, I'm out. Again, shout to Papa. Nigga, I respect it all. So they go over to Nook Crib, head over there, get there, knock on the door. It was a nigga standing at the fence. He didn't say a fucking word to these three kids who opened the gate and walked up to the porch. I thought that was odd. It is a trap house. It is a trap house, but you don't... These is three kids, and you don't know not one of them, and you don't even say, who y'all here for? Nothing, nigga. You just let them go up on the porch. What if all three of them had guns? Dog opened the door, they just start blasting. Like, come on, dog. That was just weird to me. Maybe he knew Jake. I don't know. But they go up to the door, they knock. Some nigga opens the door, and nigga Kevin say... Hey, is Keisha here? We don't know if this nook or not. We have no clue. Is Keisha here? Nah, she not. And Jake or Kevin try to run in. and run, I know she in there and he try to run past him. Nigga pushed that nigga Kevin out. Pulled the fucking strap out real quick. Put it dead to Kevin's forehead. Nigga, I just told you she ain't in here. Like, shorty, don't make me shoot you in your fucking head. You dog. think I'm scared of the gun? I didn't shot a nigga already, fam. I'm, a, I'm only 15. Kevin bossed up on dog real hard, nigga. And I love that that nigga never broke eye contact. He looked him dead in his shit and said, you think I'm scared of that gun, nigga? I ain't going unless so I see my sister. And that's how the show went off. And I said, woo. Okay. That was the best portion of the show. I thought Again, the beginning and the end. I thought the beginning with the purse part felt good, and I liked that part. Fam, just, just, this, Kevin's the star of the show now. Should be. Like, stop with the rest of the shit. Should be. Kevin's the star of the show. He's and the best actor on the show. Facts. Easily. Um... Real quick, let's get Dre, Ronnie, that whole situation. So when they figured out that Kevin was lying and he knew she had went to see her boyfriend and da-da-da-da, the mom, I want to point this out, the mom, the biological mom said to Kevin, give me Keisha's computer. He pulled the MacBook out of his book bag and Dre, the stepmom, came and took it from him and started looking it up. Fam, get that to your mom. Somehow. Uh, with this pink ass Android phone, she has a MacBook with iMessage and find my find my uh, phone on it. And also with this phone that was when we last saw it last week was cracked, screen cracked. It's now destroyed by the next time we see it. But somehow, find my iPhone is working. Something I caught. Um, I, I couldn't tell if it was destroyed in the tussle. 
or if it was just destroyed when he grabbed it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Something else that I saw. Um, so in an early scene, let's run through Ronnie real quick. Ronnie met his boys at the bar. They had a drink. Oh, Ronnie out here, he's a dumpster diver. Uh, he goes and collects cans and turns them into the metal man for money. Took him to the metal chick, Charlene. She tried to offer that nigga some pussy. He said he was dating somebody. Ronnie, you not dating nobody. Like Hennessy. She tequila. said who? Brandy, Alize, Hennessy, Tequila. She yo, she did hit that nigga with a bar. She said, honey, them women ain't gonna do make ain't gonna do nothing but make you forget. I'm a woman. I give you something to remember. I said, okay, Charlene, talk your shit. With her old ass. She was old as fuck to be talking like that. Charlene about as aggressive as the nigga in the gay bar. Facts. But Ronnie said, ah, I'll see you tomorrow, Charlene. I'm going to go and get out of here. I don't want no pussy. And he got on, nigga. He could have had a nice warm spot to stay tonight. I'm like, are you lying about dating somebody because you don't want to tell her I'm homeless and live in a fucking skid row, nigga? nigga wanna fuck. He won't be homeless, nigga, in the summertime. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Wait till the wintertime, nigga. <laughs> nigga, you're going to be like, hey, Charlene, you remember me? I brought some uh, metal butter earlier. So then he went and met his homies at the bar, them same two niggas he be with who have no purpose on the show. Um, but apparently, so you remember season one, the three of them lived in a little uh, dope house together. Yeah. They was all strung out alcoholic these, drug addicts. These two niggas don't never have a purpose. They don't have a purpose at all. But whatever them two niggas been doing, they apparently have something to do now because they got their own cribs. And they apparently they have space. So they didn't know Ronnie was homeless till he said, yo, nigga... You know, uh, y'all take me home, whatever. So they dropped that nigga off, and it was in Skid Row. And they was like, Ronnie, you homeless? Why you ain't tell us? That nigga was like, man, I ain't think it was them porn. And they was like, well, nigga, I got space in my crib. You can come stay with me. Me too. We can alternate. We both got space. Our lives did not go in the direction of yours. That nigga said, I like it down here. It feel like where I'm supposed to be. When everybody knows my name. Ronnie walked through that bitch like the mayor. Ronnie, what's up, Ronnie? Ronnie, we playing spades later. I got some dominoes, Ronnie. Ronnie, you want some dirty pizza? Like, nigga. Huh? Jay, I'm going to ask you real quick. What's Ronnie's purpose on this show? He has none. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one He has none. That. He going to find Keisha. Oh, I know he's going to find Keisha. All right. I could tell by the preview that's going to be his, his thing. Because now he's going to try to make up. So next week is the episode where he get jumped. You remember we see him get jumped in the preview? They jump him in the description and said, like, oh, Ronnie gets a reminder that the neighborhood still remembers all his sins and da-da-da. So he gets beat up next week. That's when it's going to become, okay, if I find Keisha, hope he dies. they'll forgive me. He hope he dies saving her. Ronnie should have been dead. Um, Ronnie's character should have been dead. He has no purpose. His grandma had more reason. Where's grandma Miss Ethel will be on this season, and I only know that because I looked it up, and she does have some 2020 episodes coming. I don't at? know where. I'm guessing that maybe they figured out how to get her to a nursing home. Because well, she sold the house. Maybe to, no, to she project. ain't sell it. Cause remember they were trying to buy. They was they, they, they that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you remember when Ronnie went last week? It said that motherfucker was. Uh, they had locked and boarded up the house because they owe money on that bitch. So maybe she ain't. I don't know. I don't know where Miss Ethel went, but Miss Ethel had more purpose than Ronnie. Anyway. Ronnie living Skid Row, and what I noticed when his friends dropped him off, that white dude that had the phone later, he was walking, when everybody was saying, Ronnie, what's up, Ronnie, what's up? The white dude was like, hey, Ronnie, I got some new phones, and you need anything? And the nigga was like, no, nah, man, I'm good. So later in the episode, when Dre comes down there, when she did to find my phone and tracked it to that corner, and then was tracking it from her phone, I'm going to ask you, because I know this maybe wasn't an iPhone, but... Just in general, I know you're a tech nigga. 
can you trace a phone that's broke like that? I mean, it'll give you your last known location. Yeah. But so the last known location, again, we don't know if they broke it during the scuffle with Ronnie and the white dude. So maybe they didn't. But I just felt like, damn, that shit was so fucked up. Like, would it have worked? I don't know. And then, like, whoever picked up the phone picked it up without her. Because we saw it at the bus stop. Literally. So whoever literally. got the phone is not the person who took it. Yeah. Because yeah. she was the phone. The was white there. dude grabbed the phone walking back to Skid Row, saw it on the bus stop, took it and put it in his little tent. But um Dre traced the phone all the way back to that corner. And then she saw Skid Row and she saw that the phone was three yards away. So she walked over there asking everybody. She's showing Keisha a picture. Yo, have you seen this girl? You've seen this girl. Everybody like, nah, I ain't seen her. I ain't seen her. Walked up to Ronnie. Ronnie, his boys, then came back. Real quick. These niggas is playing fucking. They playing dominoes, nigga. Under the fucking viaduct. If you had a homeless friend, would you go play dominoes with him under the bridge? (laughs) Like, first of all. I have a homeless friend. He's not homeless anymore. If I have a homeless. Because, again, they found out he was homeless when they dropped him off. Ain't no, yo, come stay with me. Nigga, we're driving you to one of our houses and you're coming in. Nigga, nigga you can live in my garage. Yeah, I'm that's never letting than, my friend stay under a bridge. That's better than staying under a I'm, I'm never letting that happen, bro. But they said fucking and they went back to go play bones with the nigga. And they under there and Dre walked up and she like, yo, have any of y'all seen this girl? Ronnie go, yeah, I have. Where? Where'd you see her? She was over there at the bus stop the other day. All right, well, did she get on the bus? I don't know. All right, thank you for not being much help, sir. Appreciate you. And then she goes, you know, he was like, oh, if I hear anything, I, I can let you know. That shit sounded suspect. That now, sounded suspect as fuck. His whole body language. Yeah, yeah, it like, got weird. And it was like, nigga, I know y'all edited it trying to be crafty, but, like, we know Ronnie didn't take her, bro. Like, I don't know that Ronnie doesn't know anything about her being taken, but we know he didn't take her. So this whole moment of him being like kind of awkward and creepy, like fam, we know he didn't take her. Y'all ain't got to cut the suspense. So Dre goes, I know who you are. If anything happened to her, I'm going to come back and kill you myself. And it's like, all right, fam, like. You in a little pepper spray. And then she fucking pulls the pepper spray out. Oh, well, she got loud with the nigga. So everybody grabbed her. I thought they was finna whoop her ass. nigga. They, it was like eight niggas grabbed Dre up again. Why you as a woman shouldn't be down here by yourself with no with just pepper spray? Like, come with your wife or bring a gun. No, man. don't bring your wife down there. I would, I'm definitely not putting my wife in harm's way if I'm trying to go on some tough man shit. I'm definitely not bringing her in harm's way. But you our ass right. ain't definitely not doing shit out there. But neither was Dre, and that was my point because they grabbed her ass up real Dre quick. Still thinks, and that's the thing. You not you a woman? You a woman? I know what you how you moving out here. That's fine. But you a woman. Don't get snatched up. Because if they were the kidnappers, you literally got snatched in a minute. Hey, uh, yeah, it's the kidnappers. Yeah, like, we got one. Got another one. It's another woman down here. But anyway, they snatched her up. She got back with the fucking pepper spray. Yo, I know which, nigga, who you, you are. Use, did you use Star 69? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the dumbest shit ever, dog. So then the Shout nigga Ronnie the was like, Ronnie was like, she was like, I know her phone was down here. If I find out one of y'all did something to her, I'm going to come kill you myself. So then Ronnie was like, wait, what kind of phone? A pink one. And nigga, what kind of phone, nigga? Sergeant Sub's got pink phones right now. So he like, hey, white boy, let me see your phones. That nigga said, uh, no, nigga, you got to pay for these, nigga. No more free Randy. That nigga said, motherfucker, 
Get out of here. Ronnie threw the nigga out his tent. Come on, Ronnie. It's wrong, man. Come on, Ronnie. Those are my phones. Finders keepers. That's I was wrong like. what you did, Ronnie. I was like, uh, are these the whatever. fucking extras from San Andreas? Nigga? I don't know what the fuck was happening, but Ronnie found fucking Keisha phone, gave it to Dre. Dre looked at the phone, and that was that, man. Um, it's a trash episode. I, I just, I did not like where the focus of this episode was. I thought, again, getting more Jada screen time than Emmett. It shit, even more Jada screen time than the search for Keisha. Listen, Kevin, Duda, uh, and Jake Lattimore character. Yeah. Them the three stories. That's it. I only need three. Not Jacob Lattimore's mom. And I love Jada's great. She's been great. Again, I hated what they did on this episode. I just thought it was a fucking reach. But nigga, Emmett Ben, that three. nigga. Just need three stories. Dude, I probably your best actor on this motherfucker. And again, just a compelling character. We want to learn more about what the fuck he got going on. And then Kevin should be your lead because he's the best actor. He's probably everybody's favorite character. No, two, two, two good detectives that we have gone, Just gone. off the show. And I looked them yeah. up on IMDb. They have no 2020 episodes. Why you need good detectives to find a missing person? We don't got enough. Fam, Ronnie... Living under the under the bridge with the homeless man that found Keisha's phone. Keisha, who's missing, that white detective who knows Ronnie killed Coogie. You don't think he would want to investigate Ronnie's involvement in her kidnapping and make sure that if Ronnie wasn't out here just fucking kidnapping kids, that he cleared. Like, come on, dog. Uh, detective Alice Toussaint, the woman who was all about bringing down to sixty third Street because her son was sixty third, ended up in jail, and because they knew that she had shot a fucking member of the 63rd before and killed him, they was beating her son ass in jail. We just never going to see her again? Did they get killed too with Brandon? Like, what happened, dog? Are we supposed to just forget? Don't bring this shit back for season four. Are we supposed to forget, dog? Is that what they thought we did? New showrunner, new story, fuck it, we don't know these. They turned it into an anthology series where they just make it a whole new show every season? Tell me something, dog, because this ain't the shy, man. Last thoughts on uh on what you think about trash. You think they can fix it? Eight episodes? Not can. Do you think they will? I do not think they will. That's my fear, dog. Um, I, I said it on the thread. I said it at the top of this pod. I think now we are headed to power levels. And I'm going to say this. Again, we brought up Insecure Season 3. You can shift the season and get it back on track. It is possible. But there's going to be a certain level in the season where I think you've gone power and you've gone Eric Benet. Don't go Eric Benet. I'm saying it now. I know the shit's already shot. It's filmed. It's coming out regardless of what I think. But never go fucking Eric Benet. Never go power season four and five and six. And I feel like we headed power season four, five and six. I hope we not. I hope Lena proved me wrong in these back eight episodes. They got something in the bag, but... It seemed like right now she's trying to make it the gayest season ever and not the greatest season ever. And that's just not going to work for us up here at The Culture because no matter what, as much as we love and respect Lena's work, we can't do nothing but keep it a buck, right? We're going to keep it real every time we come in the studio. We ain't playing no favorites. Y'all niggas ain't paying us. So give us some good content to review because if you don't, we're going to tell you what's really going on in the culture, man. Till next week, episode 
105 This Week in Culture. I'm your host, Ant Wood. That's your host, Jay Johnson. This Week in Culture, episode 105. Follow us at This Week in Culture on all socials. We out. Part of my cancellation. <laughs>